I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Hello, and welcome to this Xbox Life, episode 186, Hoarding Ghosts. I am Mark, a.k.a. Wingman709, and with me this week is my good buddy Rob. Hey, what's up, man? Also known as Mr. Presar. That's right. And we've got... Um, Oh, we don't have our good buddy Brun this week. He's sleeping one off, I guess. So, um, infilling for him is uh, Lieutenant Commander Shepard. Well, hello there. Also known as Adam, right? Or yeah. <laughs> also known as Gappers. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Now, are you, you the know, female or the male Commander Shepard? I'm just curious. Well, you know, I would probably go with male, but you know. Well, I don't ever. I don't want to assume anything, you know. Yeah, you should never assume for <laughs> certain reasons. Are you gonna ask something, Rob? No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Adam, why don't you go ahead and lead us off this week with what you have been playing? All right. Uh, well, I've played a little bit of Skyrim. I was just talking to one of my buddies and uh, decided to pick that up again. I haven't played it for a while. Um, played a little bit more of my, uh, franchise mode in Madden 12, uh, played a little bit of Mass Effect and I got, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum from Gamefly. So I started that, got a little ways in and then I haven't played too much of it yet though. That's a fun game. If you, if you enjoy that, you definitely want to get Arkham City. Yeah, that's what I hear. As, as good as Arkham Asylum is, Arkham City, I think, is even better. <laughs> so. That's cool. How about you, Rob? Yeah, this week uh, I got a little bit more time in with Mass Effect 3. Other than that, uh, not, not too much. How about you, Mark? Um, I have done pretty much all Mass Effect 3. Um, I did actually find... Um, I played some Buku Sudoku <laughs> on, on the Xbox 360, Xbox Live Arcade. It's funny because we're going to talk about this later on, but Madism put up a thread in the forums. He's giving away a copy of The Maw. The Maw. Um, and anybody can win, so uh, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later. But um, So basically all he's saying is just go look at his gamer profile, find a game that he's played, and... and and put the name of the game and an achievement he won in this thread. And he's just going to randomly pick someone to win them all. So I was just looking through it, and I saw that he had Sudoku. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't even realize there was so Sudoku on here. So I, I posted in there, and then he, and then I realized, I went looking for the game and realized it was a Windows Phone 7 game. So I posted back, and they're like, oh, I guess it's Windows Phone 7. I guess I won't get it. And then he's like, no, there's an arcade version, but it's called Buku Sudoku. So I went and looked for it and found it and plunked down 800 points for a stupid Sudoku game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of cool because um, you can do co-op, solving a puzzle together. My wife and I were sitting here playing it. So it was it was kind of fun. It was cool because we're trying to see how quickly we could solve a puzzle together. And so it was kind of cool. Um, and then I also played Rock Band 3 last night with my kids. Uh, they were like, Dad, we haven't played this in a long time. So uh, I broke out the pipes. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> I'm sure that was lovely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the kids kept saying, "Can I sing, Dad?" I don't. I don't know why. You know, but you know, I thought, I, I thought I did pretty good myself. So, 
Dad, and could I your, please your, have the mic? <laughs> was your dog howling <laughs> while you were singing? He, he oh. ran off somewhere. I'm not sure where he was. <laughs> so, but that's yeah. that's what yeah. I've been playing. So, Friday Night Life. I think it was just a bunch of us playing Mass Effect Three multiplayer. I I know I didn't play anything else. <laughs> so, um, I'd say that was about it. Obviously, we were doing some Mass Effect. Um, and I don't know what we're going to do next week. It'll probably, I would like to actually get a Gears of War three group together because there was some new DLC. The final DLC pack came out for those that have the season pass. So I kind of wanted to get in and play some more gears. So maybe next Friday, I'll try to get some guys together for some gears three. Um, so we'll have to see what happens, but all right, I guess that's, we'll just jump into our topics and um, I got to thank Adam for jumping in, filling in for Braun. It was a, it was a last-minute thing. I shot him a message. He was playing games. I said, dude, you feel like filling in for Braun? He's like, sure, when? I'm like, now. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes ago. Uh, I'm like, get on Skype now. <laughs> and he did, so thank you so much. Um, yeah. Well, and then, you know, that's how the Paragons have to roll. <laughs> so, and then, uh, and, and then, of course, Rob was busy, so we're kind of... I don't know if you guys got stuff you want to talk about, because right now it's only stuff that I've got listed here for us to discuss. So hopefully there'll be some things you guys have seen this week that you want to talk about. Um, go ahead and throw it out there as we go along if you want. But the first thing, and I know we said we didn't want to, we weren't going to keep talking about the next Xbox, but I thought this was an interesting story because we, we have talked in the past about the next Xbox and potentially for it going all digital uh, getting, breaking the ability to play used games on it, stuff like that. And I've come out basically saying myself, saying I don't believe it's going to happen. And the only way I think it would happen is if all the, all the manufacturers of the consoles did the same thing. Because I really believe it's going to basically, it'll kill off the one console that does it. Because everybody will move, go back to the other, because everybody likes to buy and rent. You know, you they like to rent games, and they like to, by the used games for a cheaper price. And if you're the only console that doesn't allow that to happen, I think you're going to disappear quickly off the face of the earth. So there was an analyst um, over at Cowan and Company. His name's Doug Krutz, who kind of agrees with me. And he says the Durango, the Xbox 720, the next box, call it whatever you like, but, one anal- uh, but he d- believes that it will not be the digital only. Uh, And here's his quote. We believe a digital-only next-gen Xbox is unlikely given risks to both Microsoft's market share and the gaming ecosystem as a whole from any attempt to kill used games. However, we do believe that Microsoft may be targeting a cheaper physical solution in an effort to get the initial price of the box down and speed up new console adoption, which would be bullish for software publishers. So, you know, what do you guys think on this, on his comments here? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine they would go with just uh, the digital, you know what I mean? Uh, Especially because then that locks you out of any kind of backwards compatibility or anything. What do you you think about like a hybrid of the two? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see, 
I could see a hybrid type of thing maybe working. Um, I don't know. Depends on how it works, I guess. All right. I guess maybe not a hybrid, but like you said something about a cheaper physical solution for the initial price. So like we had a 360 had a version with no hard drive and it was mm-hmm. cheaper. So do you think maybe they could make this digital only box and make it like cheap? And then if you wanted the Blu-ray drive and you wanted physical media, then you'd have to pay, you know, hundred dollars more or whatnot. I mean, that might be an interesting way to get it out in the marketplace you know, where you have the two yeah. options. You know, it would be so annoying if if you had to buy some kind of, let's say, let, let's say they had a, 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 you know, DVD drive, which was an add-on. Then it would be just like that old HD DVD that they came out. It, you know, it's like, I, I want a self-contained unit. I don't want something with lots of wires everywhere. And I got all these boxes that don't, you know, stack well. Right, so, but what if you could get that, but it would just cost you more money? What? What if you could have that contained in the unit, but it would just cost you more money? Say, like, the original 360, you got the arcade unit that had no hard yeah. drive, and then you had the regular one oh, that I see had what the you're hard saying. drive, but you paid $100 more. So if they brought out a digital only, which you couldn't use any physical media, you couldn't rent games, you had to get everything digital – but this box was like, and it was the brand new, all the hardware is the same, right? So you can get Battlefield 4, but you have to download it or, or play it through the cloud because there's got to be some kind of an, or, you know, there's got to be some kind of super internal storage if you're going to download everything. Yeah. But, it, but say that box was, you know, they could put that out on the market for 200 bucks or 300 bucks. All the other stuff's there, the visuals and everything. Or... For another $100 or $200, you get the one that has the Blu-ray drive, and then you can go buy your physical media from the store. I mean, that, that would be okay, because that's just taking the old arcade or the you know, the, the current arcade system and stepping it up a notch, you know, where, you know, they could bring it in at a cheaper price point, you know, for, you know, either A, the people that don't know what they're buying, so they get suckered, or the people that don't think that they need it. You know, you can get in at a cheaper price point and then for, then add it on later on. And, and the people like us that know what they're getting, we would just get a more expensive system that's got it already. Do you think there would be any kind of – if they did this, would there be any kind of seg- segmented, you know, like there was an issue with the original 360 because, hard, you know, they had to write these games with the thought of some of these consoles don't have a hard drive. I think in this case it would work because if it doesn't have a physical drive, then they're getting a digital copy of it. They're just downloading the digital. So I don't think there would be any problem with that then. I would think it would have to have some kind of local storage of some kind. I'm just thinking they can dump the disk drive or the, the, uh, you know, the DVD drive. Right. They would still need something, you know, whether it's, an SSD or a flash drive or something, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be a hard drive with, you know, a spinning platter, but they would need something to store stuff onto local. Right. Cause I don't, I don't know how many people would want to sit there and download, you know, three, 400 meg each time that they want to play. Right. No, but my point is that if with, without having 
like before with the machine didn't have a hard drive that mm-hmm. you still had some memory that they could access on board yeah. but there was but when they wrote the games that it made an issue for the developers creating the games because they had to basically write to the lowest common denominator of okay let's say there's not a hard drive on the box they had to assume that there wasn't one but in this case if you're just removing a physical media drive then it really kind of negates that because across the board we have to make the assumption and again this would probably be wrong but if the onboard you know uh so, you know solid state drive or whatever that all the systems use was the same then the game can be written for that it and it it's either delivered electronically digitally or through a retail disc it wouldn't make a difference so i think for developers it, they wouldn't care right and that would you I know agree. so i think that might be a good way to get this introduced into the market of a digital only box pretty smart i think on their part if if they did that and that would definitely be entry level wouldn't it i yeah i would think so because they're trying to push something new you're gonna when you're trying to push something like this completely change you know almost a paradigm if you will to the industry you're gonna have to basically give it away to get people to go hmm i don't know (laughs) yeah and partly, you know, they cost reduce to make it more attractive for the people that are buying it as gifts. Just like, I mean, I remember, you know, 10 years ago, well, it's probably longer now, 15 years ago, when you bought a system, you got two controllers. Remember? And a game. And a game. <laughs> and, and it wasn't just like a, a limited thing, you know. You know, you got two controllers, you got a game, and you got all of the cables that you needed. That's so, you know, to run of. the system. Like nowadays, you know, actually, was it Microsoft that started off with the core system? Or, yeah, when it back. first came out, it had a core system and a premium. Right. And the core system was one controller, wasn't it? I think most Actually, of them, I think, I think the premium were. was just one controller, yeah. Yeah. The difference was the hard drive, and I think the premium had a, not an HDMI cable, but it had the component cables where I think the core system did not. Yeah. Um, but now even the, any 360 does not come with HD cables in it, just like the PlayStation 3 does not come with, <laughs> it killed me when I opened my PlayStation, because I remember my, you know, the first couple Xboxes, they all had HD cables. I get this PlayStation 3. I'm like, this is supposed to do everything. I open it up, and I'm looking at freaking comp- uh, composite cables. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I had to get an HDMI cable to even use the thing. You know, I'm like, yeah. this is sad. Uh, but Xbox has gone the same way. You know, they, they've taken that out to cut costs. So, And, you know, even like the network cable, I mean, really, you can't throw in a dollar cable. What they charge like ten bucks, I think, for the uh, network connectivity cable or whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a, it's a special proprietary cable. Yeah. It's a super Arbor. fast cable. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you can it's... save yourself that dollar by buying the hundred dollar wireless adapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. How about it, right? It's uh, you know. Well, whatever. I mean, that's why we, you know, some of us spend all of our money for cables at mono price, get it nice and cheap through there. Ching. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So still no, we still don't know when it's coming out, but obviously not this year. And they won't talk about it at E3. That's what they say. So, alrighty. So what's next? Going gorilla, baby. Going gorilla. <laughs> um. If, if you have, if you're a frequent visitor to thisxboxlife.com, you would have noticed a story that I wrote on March 22nd, and it's all about Horde Mode coming to Ghost Recon, Future Soldier. And <laughs> I don't know what you guys think of this, but I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty excited. I do have one complaint about it, um, but I think uh, a... And they're calling it guerrilla mode, okay, is what it's basically called. But if you played Modern Warfare 3, they had a survival mode. And it's really going to be kind of like uh, like that. And it's essentially Horde, where you will, uh, you and three of your buddies can take on up to 50 waves of increasingly harder enemies. Every 10th wave is a boss wave. And in these boss waves, you'll have to take on armored vehicles, attack choppers, and tanks. And then it goes right down. There's one wave where you'll have to you'll have a home base that you have to keep the enemy out of, and so they're going to come in trying to get in your base. And if they breach that perimeter for more than 20 seconds, then the game ends. So, I think what's really cool about this, more so than than even Gears, is you're really going to have to work together as a team. Um, and I Gears Horde mode, especially Horde 2.0, really. You had to work together, and you get a lot of calling out. But um, I know in the survival mode of Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 3, you were only two people, so you had to communicate because it was <laughs> it was tough. Um, I think this is going to be really hard. This is Ghost Recon. It's going to be you know that one-shot kill, you're down. Th- this is going to be really fun because it's going to be tough. But if you get a group of people together that you know work together, this is going to be amazing fun. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you guys all agree with that. Um, <laughs> I guess I didn't. I didn't uh, preface that. So, what do you think, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it sounds pretty cool. Um, uh, definitely sounds like yeah, it'll require more teamwork than uh, Horde, because Horde really the only time you really need to work together as you're playing on like the highest difficulty or uh on the boss waves the rest of the time you know what i mean you don't have to work together too terribly much but this sounds like it'll be uh quite a bit more difficult um are they still doing the beta for ghost recon supposedly it's supposed to come out in april and uh, those lucky people that bought splinter cell Fiction. If you still have your copy, which I still do, uh, I will get to play the beta for this next next month. Supposedly, that's the. But I, I'm I'm I have as much faith in that as I do buying my next house. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not going very well at the moment. So, um, I, I I will believe it when I see it because they've you know, they told us this two years ago we were going to be playing it and we still haven't been able to. So. Um, but yes, the if I supposedly if you pre-order the game, which I have, or if you already have Splinter Cell Conviction, you can get into the beta or the 
I guess it's not going to be a beta. It's going to be more of a demo because the game comes out in May and they're letting you play it early. It's just I wouldn't call it a beta unless they're going to be doing an online, you know, testing the network and stuff. So, um, did they ever say what was supposed to be in the beta? Like, would this be in there, or is it just going to be like some kind of deathmatch type of thing? Oh, that would be awesome if this is. I I don't know yet. I haven't seen anything on that. Um, so this would be cool. This would be nice if they throw this out, but I. I don't believe this will be in there because mm-hmm. here's the reason why. And here's my one big, huh? What the heck are you thinking moment with this is this mode is not going to have matchmaking. Hmm. If you think of Halo 3 ODST's firefight mode, it's the same thing. There's going to be no matchmaking, so you will only be able to play with people from your friends list. And, and I think that's just stupid, and I don't understand why they're doing that. Because a lot of times, even like um, with Mass Effect 3, it's like, okay, yeah, everybody on my friends list is playing Mass Effect 3, so I'm not, I'm not having a problem finding people. But the issue is a lot of people are playing campaign. And I don't want to disturb them with, hey, you want to play multiplayer? So it's like sometimes I've gone, and I'll just play with randoms. you know. And I've actually, even like in Syndicate, I actually met someone who's now on my friends list who um, listens to this show and is asking me, hey, are you playing this? And I've played Mass Effect 3 with him. And, and it's like, so I've met some cool people through through the randoms. And I can't do that in, in Ghost Recon. And, and it, it kind of stinks because I don't think Future Soldier is going to have, you know, not, not everybody on my friends list is going to have it. So it's going to limit how well this mode gets played. So I think that's really kind of lame that they're not doing matchmaking. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely sucks. I wonder if it's like the same thing, because um, I know what was it? ODST they couldn't do it because they ran it off like the campaign engine or something. I wonder if it's a similar situation or if they're just not having it on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. The story I, that I saw just said it's not there. <laughs> hmm. Matchmaking will not be supported. Yeah. Well, that kind of sucks. Well, was the were the things in Crawl one and two were those? Did they have matchmaking? I don't remember what it was called, but it was like the uh, I don't know. You had to clear the, enemies out of somewhere. The little co-op mode. Yeah, there was the co-op mode, but then there was also the thing that worked more like terrorist hunt in Rainbow Six. I don't remember. I think they had some different name for it though. Um, I don't. I don't know for sure. I'm trying to remember even if. The survival mode on Modern Warfare, if you had, if there was matchmaking for that, um, that might be a friends only too. But I don't know. I only played with friends, so I didn't. But yeah, I just, I wish they'd have that in there. I, I think that's gonna. It, it frustrates me because this is the type of mode that I can see myself playing a lot of over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And now I'd have to rely on always getting a group of friends together for a set time to play. Where I can't just, oh, I'll just drop on and play with some randoms online and we'll knock out some waves. So that it just seems kind of stupid. So I would expect we'll hear some answers. Maybe, you know, once the game releases uh, or we get some more information of why it doesn't contain it. Mm-hmm. So, and if I come across it, I'll be sure to let everybody know. And if anybody else comes across it, shoot me a <laughs> message and let me know. <laughs> 
so. But uh, Adam, are you gonna? Is this a game that's on your radar to pick up? Uh, yeah. Um, I I liked the uh, old Ghost Recon a lot, and I liked the Grog game, so I'll, I'll probably end up picking this one up. Um, plus I get out of school like a week before it comes out, so I'll be, you know, have plenty of time on my hands. Okay, I'll be sure not to remove you from my friends. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Well, seeing as how I was the only one that responded to your message, I'm sure I was pretty low on the totem pole. <laughs> I wouldn't kick you off. I'd kick off Rob before you. I thought yeah, you Rob off. I've kicked you off my list before, Rob. So. <laughs> yes, you have. I won't forget it. Uh, when are you going to put me back on? <laughs> you're on there, <laughs> but you may not. You may not stay for long because I still never see you online. So, <laughs> come on, Microsoft, up at a thousand. So, all right. But um, other than that, I don't have any further information on the next Ghost Recon. Um, I will be talking about this as we get more information and the game gets closer to release, which I think it's in early May, if I remember. Um, I have pre-ordered it. I'll have to log in real quick to see what that release date is. But I think it's early, early May. Um, but I'll get you more. May, oh, it's May 22nd. Boo! <laughs> Later May. I thought it was like the first week. I must have slipped again. So currently May 22nd. So... We'll have more. And I'll definitely be doing this. will definitely be an FNL, so. But it does sound pretty cool. Let me let me explain a little bit more on this since I got time. Um, because Official Xbox Magazine, which is where I took the images and the story, I just uh, copied and pasted right from them. And I even said I did, <laughs> linked back to their story. Um, they got to actually play it, which, oh, see – <laughs> Guys, we need to get uh, big enough that we can get invited to go do stuff like this. Um, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah, uh, boss, I got to take a couple days off of work. Why? I'm going to go play a video game. <laughs> um, but it says that they, they sampled both the guerrilla and co-op missions, and they came away duly impressed. Um, in the guerrilla mode, they said the rules are almost straight out of Gears 3 playbook. Each of the 50 waves get tougher as you go. Every 10th round is the boss wave. Um, okay, so I, I talked about that. Also, unlike Gears, your base moves to a different part of the map every 10 waves, whether you like it or not. So <laughs> just so you need never get too comfortable defending the one spot, which this, I think, will just, wow, that's going to make it tough. Because I know in Gears 3, there were certain maps that's like, okay, we get up on this spot, we can defend this for the whole 50 waves. You know, you so now even if you find a good spot, you're gonna have to move because you have to keep them out of the zone where you're at, out of that base that you're defending. So this this is gonna be pretty tricky. Now the good thing about this is that if you do if you um, don't make it, if you get uh, if your game ends on a certain wave, you can continue from there. You don't have to start all the way back at wave one. So that's really nice. You can continue from where you were. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Even more so than in Gears, it's a good idea to stick to the buddy system as it becomes even harder to revive fallen friends and future soldier because the bullets are so much more lethal. And indeed, just a couple of rounds from the wrong end of a gun are enough to knock you out of commission. Fortunately, though, you'll earn wave bonuses the longer you survive. 
single-use abilities that come in great handy during the, the heatier battles. Radar extends the range of your foe-finding gear, while invisibility lets you use your stealth camouflage even while standing up and running. Missiles let you guide a rocket from above down onto the targeted choice. Um, they saved theirs for the boss wave and took out an APC in all its fleshy contents. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's defense turrets will help keep the bad guys out of your base, and the ultimate airstrike will carpet bomb a designated area. Now, between the rounds, you can restock your ammo, grab new weapons via airdropped crates. Uh, it says, fortunately, better guns become available as the opposing force gets tougher. All told, the initial impressions is that it's much slower and more deliberate than Gears Horde, though we'd expect that from Ghost Recon. So, um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> so, I'm really looking forward to this. And I can see the first Friday night that's going to be some, some guerrilla mode. <laughs> yeah, that does certainly sound like it's going to be a bunch of fun. Uh, all right, well, if you guys, uh, you know, anybody out there playing or plan to get this, keep me on your friends list. <laughs> <laughs> or add me to your friends list, <laughs> either way, because I'll be playing a lot of this game when it comes out. So with that, I think, Rob, you got the next okay. one. Yes, sir. So, you know, a while back we talked about a story that came out, I believe it was back in January, February, something like that, where... Uh, there was some chatter about how the next generation of Xbox will have uh, a method built into it where they'll block used games somehow. We talked about that in um, uh, March, as a matter of fact, about 15 minutes ago. What? We talked about this about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> no, we didn't. We did. <laughs> about the digital <laughs> Xbox <laughs> blocking used games and... Not being able to rent? Well, yeah, we, yeah, that was like well, twenty minutes ago. Yeah, okay, I, I got, yeah, <laughs> I, I, a different angle though. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, back in what we talked about way back when, uh, you know, there was talk about it, and the CEO of GameStop actually, uh, you know, fired up uh, some comments on this, saying that uh, it's unlikely that anything like this will. Uh, happen because the model of doing this hasn't been proven to work. What that means, I don't know. I'm sure he's probably trying to protect his business, but at least from the game GameStop perspective, this thing's not going to happen. I don't know. I, I could still see it happening indirectly. You know what I'm saying? Where it might not be a system specifically designed to do that, but it will curb the uh, retail uh, used copies. You know, it's already going that way a little bit with the the keys and so forth that you have to buy for ten bucks and whatnot. Yes? No? Mm. I don't know. I, I I don't. I'm against the whole killing off the used game market. Oh, absolutely. Killing off the rental market. Yeah, it just drives me nuts. But the thing is... How about is, killing off GameStop? <laughs> they can do that. I don't care. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't really want that to happen either because GameStop fills a need. I mean, every oh, time you walk into that GameStop, you ever go into a GameStop on a weekend, 
Dude, Great. you're standing in line, dude. There's a million people in there, and it, it and it it fills a, a need. So, and it, and it they provide a tremendous amount of jobs to people. It's a great starting job for kids that are out of high school or in college or whatnot. You know, and, you yeah, know, and they love games and video games. You know? Yeah, I, I don't. I just you know I don't want to see GameStop necessarily go out of business, and I certainly don't want to see GameFly go out of business. The thing about it is. I, I think these developers and publishers look at it like, oh, we're losing all this money. And well, you look at, let me see, how many how many games have I actually played on my game card? Now I've got since I've had my 360. I oh, I guess I won't know because Xbox.com doesn't want to come up. I've had I've played lots and lots and lots and lots of games, and I bet you True Achievements will tell me. Um, and by no stretch. Would I ever have played this many games? Okay, according to True Achievements, I've played 333 games. Whoa. Okay. And that's over how many years? 300 of them. Well, okay. I've got almost 100 that I've purchased sitting here. But, okay, so 200 of them have all been rentals. Yep. Now, of the 200... Well, it's probably been more than that because there's been several, lots and lots of games that I have rented. And I'm like, wow, this actually is a good game because the rental market allows me to try things like Mass Effect. I would have never bought Mass Effect. Okay. I rented it and I didn't care for it the first time. I couldn't figure it out. So I sent it right. back. And then Moronic Cow talked me into right before Mass Effect 2 came out. And I was seeing the videos. I'm like, man, this game looks awesome. You know, why couldn't, why couldn't I like it? I wanted to like it. And he's like, dude, you got to play it. You'll like it once you play it. So I got on, I got it. I rented it again. And I and he actually talked me through a cup, the very first mission, where I, I just couldn't kind of figure it out. And he kind of helped me along <laughs> the way for a little held. bit. He <laughs> held my hand because I'm not an RPG person. And he, he got me kind of started. And once I got the game figured out of what I was doing, I bought the game. I bought Mass Effect 2 brand new from retail. I bought Mass Effect 3 brand new from retail. So, yeah, they may have... I think the first game I bought was a used copy. But because of that, I've purchased two additional ones, full retail price, and I've purchased every DLC pack for all three games. So they made money off me on the first game. They've made max amount of money possible on the second, and they will max out their money on the third. So... Had I never been able to to um, rent that game, I would have never bought the other. I would never play the other two games. And there's and I mean there's other franchises that have been that way, where I have rented and I'm like, wow, this is a great game. And so I've bought it. And and, and I think what they're going to find out is not everybody buys three hundred something games. Not all of us are a democulus that can afford to buy <laughs> every game that comes out every week for every console, you know, and it's, it, they're going to find out. It's like their sales are going to plummet because people are going to be, you know, what's the average for Xbox now? Like nine games or something. It's not 300. It's nine. Wow. <laughs> you know? So, you know, they say, Oh, we're losing all this money. No, you're not because I'm not buying avatar. I'm not buying my horse in me too. Not that I've played those. I played Avatar, but I didn't play my horse. But there's a lot of those, and I'm thinking a lot of stuff the Achievement Hounds guys do. Those guys aren't going to buy those games. They're not paying $60 for that junk. You know, so just because they're playing them doesn't mean they're that the publishers are, are losing out on the money. 
and they'll see all those sales, all that stuff will plummet. It'll go back to the way it used to be. And I, I think it helps because with all the rentals and stuff and how popular that is, that the Gamefly's got to purchase more copies and they pay a higher price. They don't pay 60 bucks a pop. They pay a lot more because it's rental. Whatever so. happens with those copies... Do they, they they sell them. I've purchased GameFly copies. Yeah. And then you get the case with the codes. And I've every time I've done it, the codes have always worked. So you get the online pass. Cool. So. But I don't know. I, I If anything, they should just say, you know what? If GameFly sells me a copy, then maybe the publisher should get a few bucks for that. You know? I, I could be fine with that, and I wouldn't mind seeing the used market necessarily where they get a few bucks, but it can't be like they get it all, because then the used market is not used. They're, the prices will be just as expensive. Right. You know, I just think there's smarter ways for them to do business than what they're doing. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Mark, you want to take the next one? Um, actually, I think, well, I, I think Adam will have a lot to say about this too, but, um, the Grand Theft Auto five, uh, we've heard some announcements on this and I'm not a Grand Theft Auto player, but, um, I know many of you out there are, but I'm going to read the story from IGN cause I thought this was interesting. Rockstar Games co-founder and the co-writer of Grand Theft Auto V, Dan Hauser, has revealed, has revealed that Grand Theft Auto V will let players use the same crews they establish and build in Max Payne's 3's multiplayer, thanks to the Social Club integration. Um, so speaking exclusively to IGN about Max Payne 3's multiplayer, Hauser said, multiplayer is an even more important part of the game of all our games moving forward and by creating crews through social club the crews that you create max Payne 3 will be ready and available for you to play in grand theft auto 5 from day one it's all part of a larger approach to make multiplayer deeper and richer than we current which is cur than what's currently available much more easily accessible than the newcomer and rewarding for the hardcore we made a promise not to talk too much about forthcoming games until a little further down the track, but yes, crews will feature in Grand Theft Auto V multiplayer. So IGN is saying that likely means everything that comes with being part of the crew in Max Payne 3 will carry over into GTA V. So I I don't know, Adam, do you do you you've played some multiplayer from GTA, right? So do you think mm -hmm. you got anything maybe to explain that to rob and i <laughs> uh well uh, from what i understand it's just more or less like a clan type of deal you know um there wasn't anything like that in four but um i don't know it might work i don't know if you guys remember halo 2 how they had the clans like built in it might be something sort of like that you know what i mean um but yeah Do you, i mean so, do you plan on buying like GTA Five? Is that something like that you're probably gonna get? Oh, I'll definitely get GTA Five. I've sunk far too many hours into GTA Four not to. And had you ever planned to get Max Payne Three? Uh, I was thinking about it, but does this make does this change anything to think like okay, so you're perfect. It's perfect. You're thinking about it. So does this maybe change it like to make you think? Well, man, now I'm actually want to get max pain three 
Uh, I'll definitely look more at it. Um, I don't know that I'll necessarily get it just because of this. Um, but, you know, maybe if I look more into it, I'll be like, eh, you know, there's stuff to like. So, um, but yeah, it definitely makes me more likely to if it's going to have stuff that ties in with uh, GTA. But from the sounds of it, it's just uh, like, you know, you establish your crew in Max Payne and then you'll just have the same crew more or less in GTA five, assuming, you know what I mean? Say you have like 10 people and all 10 of those people buy both games. Then you'd have the same 10 people in your crew for both games or something. So. And this game actually doesn't max. Didn't Mac, did max Payne just come out last week or. Uh, I think it comes out may something. Oh, it's may. I think, Thought. I could be wrong. I usually am. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, May 15th, it looks like. From the side I'm looking at, it's got May 15th. Yeah. Because so. um, I had someone ask me if I was picking this game up, and I was like, I had no intentions of it, but it, it'll be interesting to see how what, what kind of multiplayer they're going to be doing in Max Payne 3, so... It might be interesting because that's always been a single-player game, to my knowledge. I, <laughs> I don't remember it having multiplayer, but it may have in the past. I just don't remember. I remember playing some of the campaigns and just going, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> I think the very first game I really liked because it was like that bullet time, and that was really cool to mess with. But then uh, I'm trying to remember, I think Max Payne 2 just was kind of really a bizarre game. Um, but... So I don't know. I, I might this, you know, it just depends. It's probably gonna be pretty good since it's a Rockstar game. So I may have to check it out. True. But I don't know. I might want to rent it. <clears throat> I can, because Ghost Recon comes out the week week after. So. Alrighty. I guess all you, okay. Rob. All right. So. Oh. Yeah, no, no, it's not you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's not you, Rob. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Disregard. Um, I will say that. Go ahead. Go ahead and ask your question, Rob. That's because it's a perfect opportunity for me to, to discuss this. Okay. Well, it, it wasn't really so much of a question. I, I just thought this was kind of interesting. Where, so you know, there's been some people that have been upset over the Mass Effect three ending. Now. Uh, I'm sure you guys have probably both finished it, although uh, I'm still working on it, so I really don't know what the ending is, and uh, I don't want to find out yet. But uh, uh, there was such an uproar over this ending that people were so upset that they started uh, donating money to Child's Play, and it just got away from them where they were actually, people started thinking that that they were actually funding uh, a redo of the ending. And, you know, the developers have basically said, you know, we want more people to play the game before we do an official comment on this. And, I mean, I really don't think they're going to change anything. Because uh, uh, that'd be just crazy to rewrite the end of a game like that. But they, uh, Child's Play had gotten $80,000 uh, before they actually said, you know, they hit the brakes on the whole thing and said, hey, stop. You know, people are 
not necessarily donating this money for the right reasons. And I think, I mean, it says one thing about how people are so passionate about this game and at least about the ending, but I'm like, wow, you know, $80,000 donated, you know, just to, to, you know, help force that. That's, that's kind of nutty. (laughs) What do you guys think? Well, I'll say, Um, I want to say this real quick because I'll say, Rob, you need to listen to the after show of this podcast if you want that answer. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I think we, we we can address the child's play thing because that came up after we did our spoiler cast. But yeah. um, we do have, and I did announce it at the beginning of the show, um, Adam, myself, and uh, uh, Mudtastic, we did record our Mass Effect 3 spoiler show, and right. it will be following this podcast. So... We're going to go through and do a regular show, and then we'll give you a nice warning. So when you hear us closing out and doing all the normal house cleaning, if you've completed Mass Effect 3 or you just don't care about spoilers, then continue listening. Because we got, what, an hour, hour and a half discussion, I think, we did of of just – and we talk about what we did in Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3. We talk about we talk about the ending and what we think. And I mean, all you really know is if anybody that didn't like the ending is is pretty much a moron. So, I mean, that's not just kidding. Um, there's a really good discussion about it. Uh, we had various opinions on the ending. So, if you've listened or you've already beat the game, stick around and listen to it. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy the discussion that goes on. Um, but uh, in regards to child's play, yeah, I read that, yeah, people thought they were sending them money, donating money out of, to actually change it. Yeah. And, yeah, I was like, no, that's not what it was for. <laughs> so I, I don't know. What do you think of that, Adam, of, of um, tying that in? Yeah, well, the whole thing was the charity wasn't necessarily like, oh, you know, we're donating all this money to uh, change the ending. Well, I mean, that's what the intent was, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like we demand you change this because we donated, you know, all this money to charity. Um, Because it started on the uh, Mass Effect subreddit, and it was some guys organized and they did it. And then the child's play guys eventually were like hey people are starting to associate this with us so can you maybe not donate so much money so now they have hooked up with uh nathan fillion's uh charity called kids need to read so they're donating to that now instead and they are apparently happy to be receiving donations so Hmm. see i heard that some people too were actually demanding their money back Wow! When they found out that it wasn't to change, the money was not given to change the ending. It was just for charity, so they wanted their money back. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, what a dirtbag! <laughs> uh, you, you, you want your money back instead of I, I wanted. I want the ch- ending. I'll pay money to change the end of Mass Effect Three, but I won't donate money to help cure cancer in kids. And that's yeah. all Child's Play is: is raising money. For cancer, children who have cancer, and some dirtbag wants their money back. Yeah, I'm like that person is a dirtbag, and I'll say yeah. to their face, they, I have no problem with it. You're a dirtbag. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely not cool. But. So, and I, I do know that Child's Play, they've changed their policy 
now um, because they had some policies in place that would not allow for them to for essentially for this type of thing not to happen where they can't be like taking money to promote something else and and they ended up because of what happened here they had to rewrite their their rules to ensure that this would not happen again so this was not you know child's place trying to do the right thing and they and and it looks like they're not trying to steal money or get money based on a media hyped event or anything so I really feel like they're doing the right thing. They're the ones that put the put the brakes on it and said, "Absolutely, this is not this is not good because it's you know, Child's Play wants they want their charity to be focused on raising money to cure cancer in kids, not Mass Effect Three. So I really give those guys credit for kind of changing that. Yeah, Child's Play definitely did the uh, right thing there, especially because oh yeah. I think other than, you know, trying to make sure it's focused on the charity, I think people are, like you said, getting confused. And uh, that's another reason they had to cut it off. So, yeah, Child's Play is uh, it's a good charity. All righty. Okay. Um, last story that we have is Xbox, or I'm sorry, Arcade Next is coming April, 4th, April 18th. And you may go, well, what is Arcade next? Well, we've heard of House Party. We've had, we got the Summer of Arcade. And, you know, Summer of Arcade obviously is in the summertime. So it's high profile games that Xbox Live, you know, is kind of promoting some of the, what they're going to, what they think will be the big hits. House Party is kind of that winter time frame of the same thing. Well, it was interesting when House Party came out this last winter. I was like, where's, where's like Trials Evolution? You know, how could that game not be in the big, you know, release? And I guess the answer is because it was released in the springtime, not the winter. <laughs> and um, so it's now in what's called Arcade Next, which is kind of another big promotion. So I'm going to guess that we're probably going to see this every spring. Uh, and this starts on April 18th. And the first game that's going to be in Arcade Next is Trials Evolution which I am so happy for. And on top of this, not only did we get a release date, we got a price. And I got to say, I'm impressed. I honestly expected this game to be 1,600 Microsoft points. It's only 12. So, and it's going to be the first arcade title to have 400 gamer score and 30 achievements. So it'll be the first one that starts the new new gamer score limit for uh, arcade titles. Um, that's April 18th. I'm all over this like butter on bread. You know? <laughs> so uh, this has got four player co-op, uh, like competitive co-op online. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the videos, but it's, it looks awesome. And, and I know soul Assassin's going to kick everybody's butt, so, <laughs> but I'm still going to race against him. <laughs> um, so the next one to follow that the following week, April 25th, is Blood Forge. This um, looks like a, uh, I think it's like a hack and slash. Um, I'm not 100% positive, but it says with a brutal combat system, stunning art style, and a deeply compelling story, Blood Forge implores you to slaughter hordes of demonic soldiers, deformed worshippers, and the gods themselves, using ferocious rage kills, devastating rune attacks, and furious weapon combos. 
Um, I haven't seen anything on this, so I'm making a guess that it's a uh, hack and slash, but I could be completely wrong. Um, following that on May 2nd is Fable Heroes. Oh, and Blood Forge is 1,200 points as well. Um, Fables, Fable Heroes is on May 2nd for 800 points. And the last game to be for Arcade Next is Minecraft, the Xbox 360 edition. Be on May 9th for 1,600 Microsoft points. Isn't Minecraft a free game on the PC? Uh, I think you have to pay for it. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there's ways to get it for free, but I don't think those are, you know. Oh no, I meant just. I guess I thought it was like a free game. Um, uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think you have to pay for it. I, I, just, I don't know though. Let me look, let me look it up here. It's yeah, just like, I'm looking at their <laughs> website. It says buy now. It it's. Oh, play Minecraft Classic, outdated but free. So what? The block, the the, the blocks are <laughs> what updated? Yeah, 16, the uh, sixteen bit instead of eight bit. That's <laughs> yeah, twenty seven bucks for the PC version. Ouch. All right, well then I guess sixteen hundred Microsoft points is a steal. As I was thinking, <laughs> this is the most expensive game in the group, and I thought it was a free PC game, but I guess not. So it's still a good deal, I guess. But Minecraft, so build some blocks, I guess, on this high-tech piece of equipment we have. And from the people that I know that have actually played it, you know, that money that uh, you spend, you know, whatever, whether it's like 26, 27 bucks or the, uh, what was it, 1200 or 1600 1600 for the Xbox. Yes. 1600 points will give you about 4 billion hours of enjoyable game time. I don't have four billion hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I still, I've had people try to explain it to me. I, I, I still just don't get it, man. I just don't see the draw. Yeah. So, I don't want to build anything. That's what the developers are <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah. Build the world for me. I just want to run around killing people and destroying stuff that they that these developers have built. <laughs> yeah. It's- you know, I, I think I mentioned this before when we were talking about it, where I, I used to work with a guy that was just crazy into this game. And I mean, he was trying to explain it to me. I, I still wasn't getting it. And he's like, you know, you can just, you know, build your area and then, you know, you build this and it gives you that, which you can then use for something else, which you can then use for something else. And they keep adding like technology to it. And it's like, OK, sure. All right keep adding uh, technology but it's still i'm still looking at a bunch of square blocks i know right <laughs> i'm like i don't get it these are like nintendo blocks i mean come on lego lego it lego like, looks better than than this minecraft game <laughs> i don't know it's literally like playing with scripted legos kind of i think i guess maybe maybe that's maybe that's the best way to say it yeah yeah so all right. So, what's next? That's I guess that's it unless you guys got anything further. Uh, nope. I do not. Let's see if there's anything. I don't know. I haven't looked uh in the last couple of days to see if there's anything exciting and new out there in the news world. <laughs> it's kind of a late week. Well, I thought there was some, I thought there was some stuff like I think everything I talked about was pretty much like at the beginning of the week the end of last week and then since then it's been kind of quiet because everybody's crying about mass effect 3 so 
Hold the line. Hold the line. <laughs> um, righty. So I guess we can go into questions, Rob. I know we got questions. Yep. Uh, I believe there is one question. There's two. Well, one's not a question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll learn to read, to read Wing. <laughs> I never learned to read. <laughs> yeah, Wing's usually the one that reads, and I'm not. <laughs> so it's like, flip it today. So uh, we've got uh, a message here from Smedemo7. Uh, Smedem writes in, Having really enjoyed Mass Effect 1, I played number 2 and found the dumbing down of the RPG elements and so didn't think it was as good then then when number three seems more dumbed down and my pet peeves multiplayer in a single-player game turning me off. Um, although I seem to be swimming against the tide of opinion, my question is, what franchise do you feel got worse, and what game did your opinion differ from the consensus the most. So I guess, you know, what games do you think got worse as they went on? Um, <laughs> Battlefield. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, Battlefield 2 is still the best. I still th- I think they've kind of gone downhill since then, but... Um, uh, well, I really liked Call of Duty 4, and I haven't really liked any of them too much since then. So I guess that's kind of going downhill. But then again, they're all basically the same, so I don't know if you can really say that. I was I was actually thinking the same thing, even though I liked the franchise. I would probably say that... I'd have to say that one probably is too, but mm, I don't know. My opinion is that the game's great. <laughs> so... Yeah. Huh? Crackdown 2. Oh, definitely. That one went downhill. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guitar Hero. <laughs> that series got <laughs> worse. Um, that one got worse. And I think that a lot of people thought on that one that, like, number three was the best. And I just didn't feel that way. Um, I felt number two was the best. And at three, the, it just it was too hard. Uh, the Duke Nukem franchise went downhill. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even finished Ooh. that game. <laughs> uh, the Tony Hawk franchise. Oh. Yet another franchise Activision ran into the ground. Sensing a pattern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Hawks 2. And, and that was actually a pun. Get it? Tony Hawk ran into the ground. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, Did you say Hawks? Yeah, Hawks. Really? First game was much better. Um, Rainbow uh, Six yeah. has had a bad run of games, but I think they kind of redeemed themselves with the Rainbow, or I mean the Vegas series. So I think that one. But before that, man, Lockdown was pretty sad. Um, and then I can't remember the title before that, but you know, it's like the Rainbow Six series kind of went downhill too. But it, it it revived itself, in my opinion. Uh, well, if we're going by stuff like that, then uh, Ghost Recon, because the original ones I used to love, like, uh, I don't remember what they're called, just like Ghost Recon or whatever, but then Ghost Recon 2 came out, and I was like, oh god, this is like the worst. I don't know. 
I know some people that liked it, but I just could never get into it. Um, but then I, they redeemed themselves, like you said, with the Graw games. And uh, Future Soldier looks to be good, too. So time will tell. Yeah, I think with Ghost Recon 2, um, I don't think I ever did play the campaign, but I played all the time. I'd get together with a LAN party with this group, and um, we would play that all the time. We do the the co-op missions against the iron. We loved it, um, hmm. but uh, it was more of and it, and that could have just been the fact too because we didn't play like Ghost Recon before that. I'm pretty sure it was the second one. Um, I could be wrong. That was so long ago, but I, I just remember you know it was a, kind of the first time where we were like a group of us playing together. Mm-hmm. against the ai in that horde mode if you will you know i mean really there's kind of like a horde mode um in that co-op style instead of just you know you know team deathmatch type of thing so yeah i don't think i ever got anything like that going i probably just played that campaign <laughs> well some of the campaign i was like yeah i'm not playing this anymore if i recall um i throw the madden franchise up on there it's it's just the same thing every year the new kona paint they're just trying to resell you. They're, all they're doing is, like Brun says, selling you roster updates for 60 bucks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, every, so there's slight improvements and slight things they make worse every year. But, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty much exactly the same. Though somehow I am significantly worse at Madden 12 than I was at Madden 11. So I guess, yeah, maybe it is worse because it just doesn't recognize how good I am. Right. I, I didn't like Bio, Bioshock 2. Yeah, I've heard that one was not very good. Never got around to playing it. Um, so I think that's yeah. a pretty good uh, group, unless you guys got think of There's anything a, else. Another one which took a steep dive was Air Combat, which became Ace Combat later on. The, the first one was awesome on the original PlayStation. And then, wow, I mean, the, the stuff that, you know, came out recently, you just, like, shake your head at it. It's like, what are they doing? They're killing a franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How to kill your brand. That's a, uh, have you guys heard that song before? It's uh, a parody off of some pop tune, but that's like, How to Kill Your Brand, and they were making fun of Sony. So. Yeah, I think I have heard that. But, um, I would say one that I completely disagree with most people is the Fear franchise. I've played Fear 1, I, I and I hated it so much, I don't know why I ever played Fear 2. Um, but you know, I, I think it was just because people were like, oh no, it's great, it's great. I played Fear 2 and I'm like, no, this is solidified. I will not play Fear 3 and I have not. Um. Even if it's out, I don't know if it ever came out. I thought it did. But it just I think that game is garbage inside and out, every which way you, sh- you look at it. It's crap. Um, and I know a lot of people love that franchise. <laughs> so I'm completely against everybody on that one. And uh, Prototype is another one I think is total garbage. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I, did, I didn't like that game either. So... Uh, well, I got one that's sort of like the opposite, uh, two worlds, the original one, I started playing the second one, but it was, it was too bad, but I actually kind of liked the original one, even though it was clearly broken 
but I don't know. I still kind of liked it. But uh, most people did not like it because it was is is not in the best shape when it came out. One I can think of that most people did not like that I really loved was Too Human. That was that one by um, Silicon Knights, Dennis Dyack game, the the Viking game where every time you died you'd have to watch that cutscene of <laughs> oh, God. Was it the that Valkyrie coming down and pulling you. Yeah. Up? I mean, I hated that, but I loved Too Human. I thought that game was awesome. I I loved it, and I really hope they make a Too Human too. But I need to look into what what that company is doing because I haven't seen anything from them in a very long time. I think I saw something the other day where. Dyak said he was making some kind of announcement soon or something. If I find anything on it, I'll let you know. Send it your way. Okay. Well, when I go to their site, it looks like X-Men Destiny was their last game they put out last year. September 27th, 2011. But, yeah, if they made a Two Human 2, I'd, I'd, that would be, in my opinion, would be really good news. Well. So... So, hello. How about you, Rob? Doritos Dash and Destruction? <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate that game. <laughs> hate Braid. It. Braid. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was you. <laughs> yeah, I'm against everybody on that one. I thought that sucked. <laughs> and everybody thought, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Actually, an- another one that you didn't like that everybody else did was Fallout 3. Oh, I remember yeah. that one. That was like a big controversy <laughs> when you were talking about that. Uh, I I tried. I did give that one the old college try, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Just did not care for it. So I put oh I put several hours into that game. I mean, and I know it. You know, several is yeah. probably not saying much, but I know I've probably got. I probably had 10 hours in it, I would say, and I just, like, can't do it anymore. I just don't get it. So, I mean, I honestly gave it a shot and tried to to figure it out and really, you know, dive into this. But, no, couldn't do it. <laughs> so, but, anyways, that sounds pretty good. But, Rob, you did skip uh, you skip Madism. Cool. That was not a question, so... <laughs> yeah. He's asking us to still announce it on the show. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll announce it's it. It's all right coming now. together. Yeah, Madism wrote in... Uh, uh, not a question. It's a statement. Uh, that Madism is going to give away a copy of The Maw. So head on over to the giveaway forum and check it out. And that is all. All right. <laughs> well, I think that's it, guys. Um, no, it's not. That's not it. We have to give away a poster, don't we? Yeah, yeah, that we do. And now, Bron said let him know who won. Um, but I think Bron needs to pick the winner because Bron's giving it away. But we did get two entries, so... I guess we'll just play both calls and then uh, Brun, when he decides to come back and do the show and not waste time <laughs> sleeping. Phew, loser. Um, what a jerk. Just sleeping. I gotta yeah. work. I'm tired. Whatever. I'm tired. 
Suck it up, man. Take it for the mm-hmm. team. <laughs> I'm tired, too. Well, he is from Ohio. I mean, well, yeah. You know, I guess it's understandable. He's probably got that siren going off at all hours of the night and can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but anyways, let's play these two Google Voice messages, and uh, then hopefully next week we can say who won. Hi, this is Mud Tactic, and I'm calling because I want Commander Shepard to come back to my home. I want him to stay in my office at work and to protect me from all the evil people that are out there. Um, so I need Commander Shepard. Need him. Need him to come here to work with me. Thank you very much. Have an excellent day. Hey, guys. This is Christoph just calling in to say that I'm very glad that Brun did stick to his guns. Uh, Mud Tastic, myself, uh, Malik Sion, had the pleasure of playing with him some... Uh, co-op Mass Effect on Monday evening, so well done there. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, also, I would love to be entered into the contest for the Mass Effect 3 poster. Um, and I did also get the Avatar Award that you guys gave away on the last show. So thank you very much for that. I will talk to you guys later. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, good luck. I don't know who's going to give it. We're just going to let we're going to let Braun figure it out. So you guys, uh, if you guys want to still get your checks in the mail to him, <laughs> you can probably probably got another day to do it. But um, yeah, get that in, and uh, you know whoever pays the most will probably get the poster. So, and he and, and you do need to rag him. I think you guys should rag on him because he said he was going to post a picture of it, and he never did. So, who knows where you can? You could just be getting a poster with a picture of Brun on it. You might not want to win. <laughs> so. Um, other than that, I guess our show is over. This part of the show is over. Don't go away. Um, if you want to hear the Mass Effect 3 spoiler cast with Commander Shepard, I might add, um, mm-hmm. hang on. After our closing comments here, we will launch you right into the spoiler cast. So, And for the record, there are spoilers in the spoiler cast, so try to avoid it if you have not beaten Mass Effect 3. Or two or one, for that matter, because well, uh, didn't didn't you uh, yeah. spoil both of those games as well? Hey, I gave fair warning <laughs> first. All right, don't try to you know throw me under the bus here. I don't know about that. He just gets in and goes, well, at the end of Mass Effect 1, I was like, hey, this is Mass Effect 3 no. spoiler show, hey. not 1 or 2. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't spoil that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Well, now you guys have to listen to it so you can find out what really happened. <laughs> I don't remember it. We recorded that, what, Friday? That was two days ago, man. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, Rob, take us out of here. All righty. So make sure to check out uh, our website at www.thisxboxlife.com. You can also send us an email at contact at thisxboxlife.com. Uh, you can check out our videos on YouTube. You can check us out on Facebook at This Xbox Life. Also Twitter, twitter.com slash This Xbox Life. Uh, there's Zazzle t-shirts available. Where you can get our uh, little logo with avatars and you know, sport it around proudly. And our voicemail at 224-698-XBOX, which is 224-698-9269. Uh, Leave us a message over there and hear yourself on the show. Uh, My name is Rob. I'll catch you all later. I am Mark, a.k.a. Wingman709, and I'm not leaving because I'm going to go do a spoiler show. (laughs) Well, I am Adam, a.k.a. Gavers, a.k.a. Lieutenant Commander Shepard, and I should go. 
or I guess not, because I'll still be here too. Well, enjoy the spoiler cast. Also, spoilers. Yeah, for Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, you've been warned. Alright, welcome to our after show. This is the Mass Effect 3 spoiler cast. And I know we already said it in the regular podcast, but if you have not completed the campaign, you will want to stop the recording or stop playing this podcast now because for the next however long it takes us hour two hours six hours we're going to be talking all about mass effect 3 in its entirety we're going to spoil everything because all three of us have played it so you have been warned so we were supposed to play mass effect 3 <laughs> oh you didn't think oh, <laughs> this oh, is the mass effect 2 spoiler show <laughs> I was doing my little pony. <laughs> so with me is, of course, Mudtastic, as you as you heard him. He's not prepared for the show. He, he, he made sure he finished Mass Effect 2 for the recording, so we'll hear about his decisions there. And we have a very special guest for this show. This this I'm not sure how we pulled this one off, but you know what? TXL has some clout, and it's very obvious, because with us today is our very special guest, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander Shepard. Hello. Oh, by the way, it is still me, so don't get too excited. <laughs> I was going to say Casey Hudson was going to be on. <laughs> oh, I'd have some words. <laughs> so, well, thanks, guys, for, for joining. I think uh, if you're wondering why Lieutenant Commander Shepard sounds familiar, but you don't recognize the name other than Mass Effect, it, he's also known as Gabbersh. So. <laughs> so if I call him that, it's just because I have it, so... But um, yeah. I think it was you, wasn't it you, that reached out to me initially and said, hey, the last time you did a spoiler show, it was awesome, because didn't we do a Gears 3 spoiler show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's so like, let's do the Mass Effect one. So, And we're doing a little later because I was gone the week the game came out. So everybody, you two guys are waiting for me. So thanks for being patient. Excuses. Anytime. <laughs> so I'm just going to let you guys, I'd rather hear from you guys. Um so I'll let you guys take it away, um, Commander Shepard. Why don't we start with you? Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce your Shepard, um, kind of through the series, and you know, and then talk about some maybe past decisions you made in previous games. All righty. Um, well, obviously this goes without saying, but there will be spoilers for Mass Effect One and Two as well. So don't freak out on me in the comments or something. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I play as a male shepherd, which, according to the internet, is the wrong choice. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Jennifer Hale is the far superior voice actor if you consult the internet. But oh, um, I've never also, known the internet to lie. Well, yeah, right. it's on the internet. It has to be true. <laughs> um, I play Paragon, as I tend to do in most games. Um, and as for the major decisions in Mass Effect 1, I saved the Rachni and the Council. Uh, saved all the colonists on Pharos, like that did a whole lot. Uh, left Caden on, uh, Vermeer. Uh, saved Rex while I was there. And then romanced Ashley. And, uh, for Mass Effect 2, continued with the romance for, with Ash, so none of the new romance options. Uh, all my school had survived the suicide mission. I blew up the collector base, 
uh, I rewrote the Geth, and I played all of the DLC, and then Overlord's the only one where you actually make too big a decision, and I sent David to Grissom Academy. Okay. So, should about do it. How about you, Mud? What a good guy. Yeah, I, I played predominantly Paragon. Um, my chef, um, he wasn't afraid to pull his gun uh, if he needed to, um, which those those situations have happened. Um, and so I played a guy, too, which um, I think I'll probably play my Insanity Run as a girl just to try and see how the voice acting is. Um, uh, so my big romance, I've always kind of been a uh, Captain Kirk kind of fella, and so uh, I've been attracted to the alien ladies myself. Um, Liara has always been, uh, he likes that blue tentacle hair thing going on. Um, and so I had to romance her in the beginning and unfortunately didn't have a romance in the second, uh, in Mass Effect 2 because it didn't count the Shadow Broker stuff as a romance, uh, when it imported into Mass Effect 3. And then of course, uh, followed up trying to have little blue children uh, in Mass Effect 3. <laughs> uh, get on my little blue hair. Oh, um, are you hearing that? Yep, I'm hearing it. That's weird. Are we talking about the background noise? It's some sort of... It seems to be gone now. <laughs> okay, good. I unplugged and plugged it. Um, so I say the Rack Dike 2 in the first one. Um, I, um, gosh, I can't try to... You just said all the stuff, and I was going to try to take notes so I could remember what to write, but I just <laughs> fell behind. Um, Mass Effect 2, I blew up the Collector Base 2. Um, I uh, rewrote the gas. I did a lot of same stuff. I mean, it was all very high Paragon, though. Um, I wasn't high enough Paragon to save Jack. Uh, she got killed. Um, uh, in my uh, Mass Effect 2, she was the only one that died. Um, and um, I'm trying to think of other things. Um, get it up to that point. Um, not much doing that. I didn't actually, it felt bad because after I saved the rack now, I was like, oh, look, I saved the species. And then I ended up getting them killed off at the first, and, and as we get further on into Mass Effect 3. Um, what other decisions were there? I'm trying to think now. Uh, what'd you do with the council at the end of Mass Effect oh, 1? I, I saved the council. If you're a paragon, you got to save the council. <laughs> you go paragon all the way and they say, ah, oh, screw them. You know, let them <laughs> die. Um, you probably wouldn't go over too well. But uh, no, I saved the council. Uh, so that 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 did seem that he saw some of that in Mass Effect Three, which was cool. Um, uh, Grissom Academy Two um, uh, for David, which I thought was one of the best DLCs. Um, I'm really I'm hoping they have some similar stuff like that when it comes to Mass Effect Three. Um, I think that's about it. Alrighty. Uh, for myself, my I played Male Shepherd. He was Paragon. Well, at least I thought he was until Mud was just talking, so maybe I'm not so Paragon as I thought. But uh, Liara was my love interest in the first game. Um, I actually played twice, and the second time I uh, I hooked up with Tali. Um, I did save the Rachni Queen. I saved Rex. I killed off Caden. And um, I killed off the Council. <laughs> like, let him die. Um, uh, so, kind of... They just reminded me of a bunch of our politicians today, and I just thought <laughs> we could purge and start fresh. You know what? <laughs> That's just the best way to go. Um, Mass Effect 2, everyone survived my suicide mission. And I'm just going to say this because I was accused of cheating or using a walkthrough, and I did not. 
when I first went through, I mean, I wasn't even aware that that uh, at the time, because I played it like as soon as it came out, I wasn't really aware that you could that everybody would die or that you could lose all these people. Um, but I was just picking who I thought would be best for each mission, and everybody survived. So uh, when I found out afterward, I thought like that was pretty cool. Um, I did all the loyalty missions and I played all the DLC. So um, I do not remember. Uh, for some reason, I can't remember Overlord. I'm not even sure who David is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just maybe I didn't play a piece. I thought I have played it all, but um, I honestly don't remember that. So um, Overlord was the one you go to some planet somewhere and there's like a Cerberus facility and uh, they're trying to research how to like, I don't know, network with the Geth or something. And then mm-hmm. there's some like quote-unquote rogue AI thing that's doing all this, and then you fight through the space, and at the very end it turns out it's the guy's, like, autistic brother who is oh, yeah. into a machine. So you I... can either send him to Grissom or uh, leave him there. I don't remember what I did. <laughs> Was it a nicer thing to send him to Grissom? Yeah. That's probably what I did. <laughs> if you um, When you played the Grissom mission, you would have ran into him. He was at the Grissom Academy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> he was like one of those sub characters, so I don't. I really don't remember. So I'm old, man. I can't remember squat. But, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so that's I was pretty much doing the nice guy. I tried at one point when I went through Mass Effect Two a second time, and and when I was really trying to be um, the uh, opposite renegade, renegade. and it got I got a little ways to it and I just didn't like it. I'm like, this is just not me. I wasn't I actually wasn't enjoying being renegade, so I actually switched and continued on as a as a paragon. So um so I just continued on being a good guy. So that's you. You're just good down to the straight to your heart, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. So alright, so that's kind of a recap of what we did. Uh, in one and two so now part three so uh, we'll go ahead and um commander shepherd mm-hmm. go ahead and let you uh you can tell us what you thought of the story some good moments what you liked what you didn't like you know pretty much whatever you want and we'll, i think we'll save the um the ending discussion we'll save that for our last section here Alrighty. Um, well, some of the good moments for me were uh, pretty much any time you met up with a character from a previous game, I got all excited, you know, regardless of how well it was actually uh, implemented. But like Thane, I thought was pretty well implemented. Um, uh, Morden, that was also a good one. Uh, Grunt. Conrad Werner was surprisingly like <laughs> one of my favorite fun. moments in the game. especially because uh so you can go talk to him and he's like oh i wrote this paper on this it's like uh but you know i need some guy to send it to me or whatever and if you did the mission for the guy in the first game then you'd be like oh that guy owes me a favor and then he's like oh but i need it translated and you're if you collected all the writings in the first game you're like oh here uh you can use these to translate and then i think also one of the like licenses for the normandy's armory in the first game also plays into it somehow and then you can uh continue to talk to conrad and he'll 
make jokes about uh, thermal clips now and how they're essentially just ammo. And uh, he also he's talking to you and he asks you some question and you're done like you, you answered or whatever. And then he asks you the same question again. He goes, Oh, sorry. I just ask everything I can think of. And sometimes I accidentally repeat myself, which, you know, most people end up doing in dialogues. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I did really enjoy all the like personal moments you could have with your squad mates. Uh, the one with Garrus on the Citadel, that was one of the, my highlights of those. That uh, that was cool. Yeah. Why don't why don't you go ahead and uh, explain a little bit more of it? All right. So on the Normandy, you'll get an email from Garrus saying, "Hey, you know, you look like you're under a lot of stress. Let's hang out, uh, blow off some steam on the Citadel or whatever." And then you go meet up with him. He's standing by some car, and it's like, you know, uh, we should do something fun together. And you're like, "Oh, let's go to the bar." He goes, "No, I actually want to remember this." So you get in the car and you're driving around and he's like, uh, back when I worked for CSEC, I always wanted to go to the top of the Presidium or something like that. He's like, but there's so many rules. And Shepard's like, oh, you got them all changed? He goes, no, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was a good one. Uh, okay, uh, so quick question, though. Quick question. Uh, did mm-hmm. you did you miss the shot on purpose or did you, um, did you make the shot? Oh, I missed it on purpose. What about you, Wingman? I, I made the shot. You made the shot, so I missed it on purpose too. <laughs> what happened was, with yours? What happened with yours? Nothing. He's just like you know, it was just like no big deal, you know. Uh, nothing cool nothing scene, really though. happened. <laughs> when you yeah. miss it on purpose, though, when you miss it on purpose, though, he, he Garris gets all excited and he screams at the top of his lungs that this is his favorite place on the Citadel now. Um, and it was it was just it was an awesome moment when you missed that shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What were some of the other good personal moments? Uh, Le- when Liara comes to your cabin with the uh, like time capsule thing, I that was pretty cool too. Um, let's see. You had one with James. That one was just all right. Uh, I I, I, I was kept trying to avoid bringing him up and then i accidentally did it one time because it didn't say invite james it said <laughs> like interact with a terminal or something so i thought i was going to pull the email up and all of a sudden he goes send james up here because you know all the other times you were sending someone up it was all you were trying to hit on them like you know like with the reporter uh, you know i i did the reporter uh try to do um uh what's her name Trina. trainer trainer and yeah that was funny because my shepherd hit on trainer and she goes, um, don't you recall how I mentioned how Edie had a very, I like, you know, really attractive voice. And that's all of a sudden you realize, Oh yeah, that's right. You're, you're into women. <laughs> so it's like shepherd got shot down <laughs> because she's not into men. So I, that cracked me up. I was just laughing over that. Maybe but, if you had saved the council, you could have convinced her. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> But I was like, I didn't want James coming up because I knew that this game allowed that. And I'm going to say one thing I did not like about this was the overly, the, the gay overtones that were in the game. I just don't need that in my game, you know? And if, if someone wants to choose that, that's fine. Let them play it. But if I don't choose that, I shouldn't have to hear about some dude's husband. And, you know, I really did not like that. I thought it was ridiculous that they threw that in there so so you're talking about cortez 
Yeah, but I also there was stuff with James that made me think that you could hook up with him too, because he made a comment about something about very early in the game about um, well if you got him drunk you could oh never mind you know and I'm just like dude what Mm. what the heck you know (laughs) I'm like so I you know I really frowned upon that and I thought it was just unnecessary so yeah. Well, the one thing that I did like about that, which is another one of my positives I had written down here, was uh, in this game, they made it a lot better as to being just friends with all the other people who you didn't choose to romance. Because, like, yeah. in Mass Effect 2, you would get to a point of dialogue where, you know, say Tally, she starts hitting on you, and then you basically have the option to say, no, or yes, I think it's too dangerous, or you're crazy, so basically, you either had to say, I want to, or you're stupid, which <laughs> did not go over too well. Yeah. Um, so I definitely did like that, you know, you could still be pals with Liara and, you know, whoever you did not romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that I could, because uh, I, I romanced uh, Miranda in Mass Effect 2. And mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to continuing that in Mass Effect 3, and I did not have that opportunity. And I got to say, I was a little bummed out. Well, you can if um, you just have to meet up with her on the Citadel. Well, when I met with her on the Citadel, she was just a video. It was like a video. And then she was yeah. talking about her sister, and then she was she got killed before <laughs> after that. So Miranda got killed? Uh, yeah, she got killed in my game. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh. Saving her sister. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's actually th- three times, well, technically two times you actually meet up with Miranda on the Citadel, and then the yeah. one time is the thing from the Spectre office, so you might have just missed those two. I think the third one is the one where you can uh, rekindle your romance, should you so choose. Because you go to her room, right? I thought I remember that. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have been all over that, man. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm like, she's dead. And I'm like, well, I guess that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I have seen that she can die in that part. See, she didn't die in my part, though. So I no, wonder. Which, which part up? were. What is she. Oh, you're um, talking about at the, at, when you're on the horizon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So, yeah, we had. Uh, we had some very different games. Another, um, I can talk about it now. I talked about this on the show last week, how actually very upset I got when I was playing. And what happened to me was that at one point in the game, when you're down doing the Geth mission, the Quarians and the, and the Geth are kind of duking it out. And you're going down through you know, doing your mission with Legion, and, and you're trying to remove all the Reaper technology and, and you know, cure the geth if you will um basically i get down to the decision to whether to put the reaper technology into the older geth um and i go ahead and and of course the quarians are like no no you can't do this and and you know they wanted to kill off the geth and so my option was like to enslave the geth or let them be like their own race and i'm like well the good thing to do is you know shepherd's all about not enslaving people and that's kind of the way you know i am so I'm like, I'm, oh, the Geth are going to be their own. So Legion dies because the upload fails. 
So he kills himself essentially in in a, in his his whole being or spirit or programming, however you want to say it, basically goes into all the other Geth, almost kind of like the Borg, if you will, from Star Trek, and yeah. and it's like they all kind of adapt his sense of life and his you know his personality, if you will. Well, while they're doing this, the Corians, like that one admiral, freaks out and he just starts attacking the Geth, who basically are trying to, you know, become they and they want to help Shepard fight the Reapers. So they're getting attacked, so they end up obliterating the entire Quarian race. I I, I killed off the entire Quarian race. And in the moment in the game that if you guys didn't have this happen, you missed out on a pretty intense cutscene. Because when this is going on, Shepard and Tali are down on the Corian home planet, and she's making this big deal about, you know, she's finally back on their planet. They're going to, you know, she's talking about where she wants to build a house and that she can finally settle down. They can all stop being nomads. And, and, and as they're standing there talking, all of a sudden they look up and they start seeing this battle going on, and all the Corians all the ships are just crashing and exploding and Tali's like, no, no freaking out. And then, and then she, you look at her, you're from the back, right? Cameras behind her. You see her reach up and pull her mask off. And then she turns around to face Shepard. And then she just throws herself off the mountain and you get a, you get a Paragon move and, and Shepard dives to reach her. And so he dives over the cliff and then when it comes back to the cutscene, you see him laying on the cliff with his hand outreach, which you can't see anything. And the camera pans back really slow. And when it finally falls, goes back far enough, you see that he missed her. Yeah. And she died. And all the Corians are gone. <laughs> and, and it really bothered me because Tally was like, I really liked her. I really liked that character. It was, you know... And I couldn't believe that my decision caused an entire race to get annihilated. And it was like, I know it's just a game, but it really, really bothered me. <laughs> so not, yeah. I'm assuming that didn't happen to you guys. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, in my game, uh, I also, you know, got to the end of the mission. Legion's doing the upload. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, Legion. And then, uh, you can, there's, uh, eventually there's a Paragon Renegade, uh, speech check thing, you know, where you can tell the fleet, be like, Hey, don't fight these guys or whatever. And then they all back off. Um, but I think you can only have it to where you have, you know, the new like super geth and the Quarians if you've made certain decisions in the, in this game and in Mass Effect 2. So apparently I made those correct decisions or whatever. So the Geth and the Quarians are, you know, chilling on Rannoch together. Yeah, because yeah, I was it... telling them not to not to shoot, mm -hmm. and they just freaking did what they want. And and the thing was that was weird about it was that even with Tally's death, I really thought Shepard would be tore up. And the weird thing about the game was when that happened, it was just like the game just moved on. He never had like this moment. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Where's my friend? Where's this, you know, she's gone. And I really thought this was going to really be some big emotional thing for him. And it never came back up in the rest of the game. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. It's almost like someone dropped the ball there. Yeah, that does seem a little weird. But well, I think they tried to... Oh, I'm right. Just do it again. 
We are experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> please stand by. Yeah, please stand by. Um, I think they try to, at certain points um, throughout the game, try to sum up the losses that he sees, you know, whether it's it's uh, Tali or other people. But they do it in an ambiguous way because they don't know who you've chosen and what you've chosen. They just know that you do lose people because there are scripted events that you do lose people in um, that everybody would lose. And so they, it seems like when he's reflecting, I've had conversations with um, certain people where he talks about, you know, all the people that he loses. I know there's a, during the romance scene with Liara, there is um, some discussion about loss of people on this and, you know, can he do it? And um, is, is he going to be strong enough to continue to move forward and stuff? And um, I, I, I kind of understand the complexity of it, being able to try to put something like that, if this happens, then you need to have this scene here. Um, I think they try to approach it, but it, it, it's difficult. Um, I know that uh, one of the things I wanted to say about things that I was really enjoying is I was enjoying not necessarily, I like the ambient dialogue, um, things that I ran into. And I like the personal, like um, what Gabbard was saying too, but uh, there are certain things uh, on the Normandy, the ambient dialogue that I ran to. Like, um, I think I mentioned this to you, Wingman, was. There's a scene where Morden and Eve are in the um, the, uh, the the doctor's space, and um, Morden sings Eve a song, and it was a really kind of um, a touching moment uh, because she she kind of she's almost like a kid in a way. She's like, please sing the song again, and he sings her this uh, Krogan battle hymn, uh, and it's so much fun to hear Solarian sing that. And there's um, a similar, and you don't you're not really interacting a whole lot, but. Uh, you're kind of just listening to our conversation. There's another one between Vega and Javik. If you, uh, if you, where they're comparing, um, uh, trying to tell jokes, uh, Vega's trying to get him to, to uh, understand a joke and try to get him to tell him a joke. And it was really kind of a, a silly scene. And, uh, and if you don't have, um, Tally, um, kill herself, uh, you'll end up finding Tally and Garrus in the, uh, the gunnery room before you leave there. Uh, they're smooching. Um, <laughs> What? And it's it's funny because when they're smooching and stuff, and you stumble upon them, um, they're like, "Oh, oh, he was just checking my mask." Tally's saying, and and Gary's like, "Oh, yeah, I think I got a mandible stuck on her face mask or something." <laughs> I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Yeah. Well, well, in that case, <laughs> she's gonna cheat on me. I'm kind of glad not. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the stuff too with Edie and, and um, what's his name? Joker that I, I found I, all that interaction that was occurring between um, them falling in love and, 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 and um, participating in that. I, those types of interactions that, you know, they're, they're, they're scripted it, but you got to come upon them. It's like finding a little treasure within the story that these things are happening outside of you. Um, and you can see them. And sometimes you can even participate and provide dialogue, um, but most of the time they're just interacting. And it's, I really enjoyed that, and that actually made me feel even more part that this is a live ship. It's not just something, you know, people are just, just standing there. And I like the two security guards. They cracked me up with some of the stuff they were talking about when they were going to that loading screen between when you walk from the back of the ship to the front of the ship. Some of the stuff they said was hysterical. Okay, you bring up something that I wanted to say. This is one of the things I hated about the game. Um, okay, well, first of all, all right, I'm going I'm to just say a couple quick things, what I liked. I liked the multiplayer. I liked the campaign. I like being able to do melee attacks and going invisible. I think that's pretty cool. Some of the bad things, the multiplayer. Why? 
because it took me away from the single player. <laughs> so it's so good that it turned to be bad as well. Um, one thing I don't like, having to pay $10 on day one for DLC, that really, that mission should have just been part of it, because I can't see how not having Javik along and not having that storyline in this game, I mean, to me it changed. It was like, how could you have that game without that storyline? You know, it just seemed like it had to be there. So I think that's kind of a ripoff. Um, I think the love scenes in this game were a ripoff too. Um, come on, I, I, I wanted more than what I got. That's just that was just, that was lame. What a tease! Um, killing off an entire race uh, that really sucked and it bothered me. Um, okay, so now what? What you were just talking about? <laughs> I hated that anytime you quote spawn back onto the ship, that you were always in the war room. Okay. And you had to walk back to the bridge through that stupid scanner with the security people, and it would stop you from moving. I think that's dumb. I mean, I'm the commander of the Normandy, and I can't go from the war room to the CIC without passing TSA. I mean, what the hell's that? That is funny. <laughs> why, do, why do I have to deal with the TSA? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, take my shoes off, empty everything out of your pockets, you know, take your laptop out of your bag and run it through the scanner. I mean, come on, I'm the commander. I think I think you're right. I mean, it, it's kind of frustrating, but, but it's their way to they're trying to, um, you know, they're disguising that loading screen that that, that occurs um, between the two uh, sections of the ship. And it's kind of funny because uh, the security guards even say at one point, oh, man, this is really stupid. Why do we why are we even doing this? And the other girl's like, oh, you remember how the collectors got to the ship? We got to check everybody, make sure nobody gets on and stuff. And they, they kind of poke fun at it as, as well. But it's it's frustrating when you have to stop and stand there for a minute and then have to and then be able to move on. I, I It's difficult. And I definitely agree about the whole Javik and, um, and the whole DLC. Having him on the ship, I know they say it doesn't affect the story. And if you don't have him, I can understand that. Uh, but the fact that you... If you don't have him, I think he, he brings a lot. The things that he says and that you get in conversations with um, are are really important to what's going on and put a different um, – uh, you get a different viewpoint that, that's really kind of pivotal to the story. If you don't have him, I can see how people person say, oh, yeah, it's all right. You don't have him. But by not having him, you're really missing out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his lift grenades, oh, my goodness, those things are devastating. They just wipe people out, man. I took him with me all, all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, um, I was going to ask you guys a question real quick because um, they're trying to uh, Shepard's character and the things that you guys go through, um, the dream sequences that occur. What did you guys feel about them? How did, how did you how did you react to them? Um, well, personally, I did not like the dream sequences. I didn't really buy the whole uh, kid thing because, well, it might have been slightly ruined for me because I saw something like the day, a day or two before Mass Effect 3 had come out. And it was uh, a picture from the Arrival DLC. Um, you guys played that one, right? Yeah. Where, yes. OK, so, you know, you just hit the button and then blow up the whole uh, space uh, system, you know? So it was like blow up system of four hundred thousand batarians or whatever. F yeah, and then little kid dies, and it showed like Shepard with his hand or his face in his hands. So it was like, uh. hmm. So that kind of ruined any emotional attachment I had to that stupid kid. <laughs> 
I I didn't like it either. It was um, I thought it was very really stupid. And then when I first when the game first starts and you see that kid get killed, I mean, I was like, wow, you know. And when it was building up to it, I was like, no, 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 please, no, come on. You could tell it was going to happen. And I was just really like, don't do this, you know. And it happened, so it was like it sucked. But by by about the third or fourth dream sequence, I'm like, I want to kill the kid myself because I'm tired <laughs> of chasing him. And you can't move. Everything you're walking. And can you unplug again, Mud? And, there you go. Okay. Testing, testing. I think, <laughs> I think it's I think it's gone. Okay. And, and it was just annoying, and I don't really see the point of it. Um, now, did you guys watch through the credits? Yes. Yep. Because he appears again at the very end of the credits. Uh, I don't think that was him. That was Buzz Aldrin and some random kid 10,000 years after the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the same kid. I thought it was mm. him, you know, and, and then the, the guy's name was what, Dr. Shepard? No. he was talking to? No, the guy's name was, uh, in the credits, he's listed as Stargazer. Stargazer, yeah. It's just some, it's Buzz Aldrin, but um, he's... It's essentially some grandfather telling his grandson stories about the shepherd. So that way they didn't have to have Buzz Aldrin record two different lines about male or female. Oh, I could have. I thought he said, tell me more, Dr. Shepherd. No, he said, I think it's something to the effect of tell me another story about the shepherd or something. Oh, yeah. OK. OK. It sounds a little weird when they're doing it. Cause it, it the way they say the shepherd. It's like, okay, he, now he's like a thing, almost, the shepherd, um, like the Normandy, almost. Um, but it was kind of a, except for the dream sequence, too, I felt it was forced, and um, it, it seemed a little uh, out of place. I understand what they're trying to do in terms of a narrative element, but uh, every time we did it, it was kind of like, uh, what's going on? And everything, you know, and trying to, and you had the kid that died, and it, it just all seemed so forced and out of place from what we were doing. I thought there could have been other better ways to try to depict his character through conversations or dialogue, or how he's trying to come to grips with what he's tasked to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one last thing I will mention that I did like was uh, all the like inside jokes, you know, and references to the previous <laughs> games. I mentioned some of them, you know, like the favorite spot on the Citadel and the matriarch writings. Yeah. Um, but I also did like how they made several jokes about Shepard's inability to dance. <laughs> um, like I know Jack specifically points it out. Um, I think Joker might as well. But uh, yeah, I, he did. I, <laughs> Those were all pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's some other ones that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But um, did anyone else uh, hate every single turret sequence? Every, every which, which one? Uh, the turret sequences. Uh, there's like three or four of them. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I was like, all right, come on. Now. I didn't hate them. I didn't hate them. I thought there was just something different. Um, you just can't do them. I'm like, okay, I just do it until cause there doesn't seem to be much consequence um, <laughs> for doing it. And so it's just kind of like, okay, I'll just get on here and shoot whatever's coming at me. <laughs> uh, and then it was kind of done. And they, there, there just wasn't really kind of any goal to just something that changes. I mean, it's like you're walking around too right at the end. 
And you're like, oh, we got to jump on a turret. What? <laughs> I'm just talking to people. I didn't even see anybody out there. And I'm jumping on a turret. And she goes to people like, okay, we're all good. You can go ahead and move your own. All right, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> I can use it. <laughs> um, well, one thing I definitely hated in the game was uh, Diana Allers, a.k.a. Jessica Chobot. That was, like, the worst addition to the game by far. She was well, useless. Yeah. No, she wasn't. <laughs> Chick yeah. Pow, pow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. sorry. I'm not supposed to talk about that. She has a reputation, she said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and if her uh, disgusting Jersey Shore-looking outfit is what gets you going, I don't know. I don't know anymore, Wing. <laughs> I was all over that. <laughs> she looked kind of deformed to me in that outfit. I yeah. didn't know yeah. where she She, she definitely looked weird. So, um, she was the only woman in space wearing a dress. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did you guys think... Um, <clears throat> when uh, you were doing that mission um, earlier in the game, and you're with Rex or no um, Grunt, and mm-hmm. you're you're split up, and, and Grunt's like, "Go on, get out of here, I got this," and everybody but Grunt gets out. What did you guys think at that moment? Uh, that was one of my favorite scenes in the game. Actually, I, I really like the music in that part too. Um... The soundtrack throughout the entire game was actually really well done, but that was that was one of my favorite moments. Um, yeah, I definitely did not think he was going to make it out, but looks can be deceiving, apparently. Yeah, yeah I was all upset. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't kill off Grunt, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden he comes out, and I, I was, I was like, yes, I was like so happy. It was just, you know, it, it's amazing that this is just a video game, but. You do. It's like the this series really does get you to care about the characters. I think unlike any other game that I've ever played, mm-hmm. um, and I think that is just so cool. Well, it, it builds you up too because in Mass Effect Two, Grunt was on my team most of the time, uh, unless I was forced not to for whatever reason. Um, and I had an attachment to him. I, I really liked him a lot. And I was actually, I was like, anytime I saw him, I was like, oh, cool, it's Grunt to get him when he was. He disappears there at, uh, during that sequence. I'm like, no, Grunt. <laughs> My wife is looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I said, I just lost Grunt. Sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever you say. He's awesome, though. And then he showed up, and he's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm hungry. Got something to eat. <laughs> that was he's a- such a... He's so much fun to listen to and, and um, to, to talk to him. What's weird, was there a way to contact him again? Because you got an email from him on the Normandy after that where he's talking. And then I was like, I never saw him again until the end. Is there a time you could see him again? Did anybody run across him again? Uh, I don't think you can run across him again. Are you talking about that comm officer and the FOB towards the end of the game? Where yeah. Where you can talk to him yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah, that's the last time I saw him. Yeah. What Same. do you guys get, think of all that? Uh, it felt like uh, uh, you guys ever watched Survivor? Um, yeah. It felt like that last that episode. I hated too that episode <laughs> where they go back and they reminisce of all the people and stuff like that were on Survivor. And I was like, these yeah. are all the people that have been on Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> Take their torch and uh, and put it out. Yeah. 
that was like your last chance to say goodbye to everybody. It, yes. It, and it was, it's like at one point, in one way, I kind of liked it. But then in the other way, it's like you'd watch one and then it's like, who do you want to call now? And, and what got me is like, I'm like, Jack. Okay. Like, how do you know there's only one Jack in the entire universe and you just happen to know who it is? I want to talk to Jack over on Pandora or whatever from Gears of War. You know, huh? How about that? So I'm just like, dial me Jack. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, these people are just like, hi, Shepard. Like, aren't they in the middle of something? They're just all hanging around waiting for a phone call. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know I'm being, it's petty, but it, it's like, if, at first I thought it was kind of neat. Okay, I'm wrapping up. But then it's just like, it got kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I still continued to talk to everybody until the comm officer said, that's it. <laughs> You've used all your minutes. <laughs> so. Um, what did you guys think about Thane and uh, during his interactions on the Citadel and uh, his sacrifice? It's awesome. Yeah. He was pretty incredible. Um, I really – I didn't – like him and Jacob, people who just kind of – the one thing I didn't care for was the fact that they just kind of stood there or they mm -hmm. sat there. Um, and you come back and see, and see, dude, I was here last time. You said you couldn't come with me. But you're still sitting in the same damn chair. I mean, <laughs> you just, you're obviously still alive, so you might as well just come and hang with me, and I'll be back to the hospital in a little while. I'm sure you can come back. But the fact that they were just sitting there and or hanging out, I, I, Jacob sat in line for I don't know how long waiting to get whatever he's getting. Um, that part kind of it, it didn't it just irked me a little bit. But same story, and I even I in Mass Effect too, I, I enjoyed doing his story and everything that that kind of went along with him and his son. I really liked how that kind of finished up. And well, I, Kai Ling is, um, this is another one of those, I read, I read all the books. And so like the Grissom Academy and Kai Ling and, and, and where he comes from and stuff like that, all that's kind of captured in the books and to see him and then fighting off against Thane was really awesome. It was really incredible to see how that all kind of played out. And then to get to fight Kai Ling was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really like how they, um, they did some, um, fan service and bringing uh, some of that book information and then bringing it over and putting it into the into the um, story and I like the sun and, and and everything how they finished up that story part for fame. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one that shed a single manly tear at the end when uh, no it was he was praying for you. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you're so awesome. <laughs> yeah, you were the only one crying. <laughs> well. Hey man! Oh well, I was happy. I was like, a, <laughs> no, oh, it was it was cool, and it, it was very. Uh, it was cool. It was really it, very well done. Thane was one of my favorite characters and favorite storylines from Mass Effect Two, and um, unlike uh, the other guy, the that like Irish mercenary dude, <laughs> he's the Irish. one. Who's who's the the old guy that's like. You fought Zaid. with Zaid. They could have killed yeah. him off, and I could have cared. <laughs> well, you could have just left him to die there, or got him killed in your suicide mission. I mean, he never really contributed too much. I always kind of liked him, but that's just me. Yeah, he, he's the only one I'm like, you're you're just worthless, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does not never really serve too much of a point. You got that right. He was just extra. He was extra DLC, wasn't he? To get him added in Mass Effect yeah. 2? Yeah, it was the day one, like, uh, Cerberus Network thing. Yeah. 
I'm glad I didn't pay for him. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so. <coughs> all right. Um, so any other good and bad things that we can think of that? Um, well, one of my favorite moments in the entire series, uh, even though I play as Paragon every once in a while, you know, you got to click those renegade interrupts. And one of them certainly pays off as you punch through a sword, which was the best one of the best moments of the game did anybody else uh hit that same interrupt oh yeah that oh when, Kai when uh Kai Ling is yeah coming up behind you no oh, i yeah, didn't and i was wondering what would happen if i had <gasps> oh that's so cool yeah <laughs> go ahead uh so you're sitting there and Kai Ling's wounded because you've just fought him and taken him out for like you know the fifth time or whatever you fight him in the game <laughs> and uh so he gets up and he's like walking with a sword. He comes up to stab behind you and he goes to uh, like uh, stab you and you uh, the renegade interrupt pops up. So if you hit the renegade interrupt, you turn around, punch through his sword and then stab him and say that was for Thane or Kirahi if Thane was dead or I don't know. There's some there's some other thing if Kirahi and Thane were dead. Um, and then. If you don't do it, I think you just end up stabbing him anyway, but you don't punch a sword. So it's definitely not as cool. So he turns around and shoots him. Because oh, there's, there's a Paragon uh, option right after that. Hmm. Um, and, or, or that was a normal sequence, I don't remember. But I, I didn't do the Renegade, and you just turn around and blast him away with a pistol. Hmm. And then it's like, oh, that's, that's... And he says the same thing. That's for all these guys, so... Yeah. Well, definitely not as cool, regardless. Yeah, breaking a sword, that was pretty classic. Any any game you can punch through a sword is all right by me. <laughs> I have to say one of my favorite moments is that I really, um, the stuff with Morden, Morden was one of my, um, I had a lot of, I, I enjoyed a lot of the characters from Mass Effect 2, but um, I loved talking to him, or just, just anytime I could discuss things with him, and him being on the ship, and Everything that happens on Tchaka, and even like his last words, you know, it couldn't have been anybody else but him. Um, somebody else might have gotten it wrong. Yeah, yep. somebody else might have. I love that line. I love that line, and he was. Um, it was. It was I love the way it played out. I thought it was really cool. It's probably one of the best. Uh, one of the best missions I enjoyed playing. Mm-hmm. I love the thresh. I love the thresh from all. Um, taking on the Reaper. I thought that was. I was like, that's just awesome. And then even comments. <laughs> Comments from Joker back on the ship that now they just need to get a cannon with Thresher Maws and fire them off and all the Reapers and stuff. I was like, that's so, that's so cool. Um, you talking about Morden reminded me also from, you know, earlier you were talking about the ambient dialogue on your ship. Uh, did you hear the one, well, I guess it's two between Morden and Eve when they're in the uh, med bay? Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, originally he's talking about, you know, oh, maybe we should do this. Oh, no, that might kill her. Oh, you know, we should do this. That might kill her. And she's like, you know, your patient probably doesn't want to hear those things. So then you come back later and he goes, maybe we should do, uh, no, that might, uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, he goes through like five of those before she's like, yeah, this isn't any better. <laughs> yeah, so it was, he's such a, he's such a fun, he fleshed out character. It just is, mm-hmm. uh. His loyalty mission, which I thought really interesting, and and and, um, and taking on a student and, and everything that kind of follows up. I like how they followed up. I like all the connections that have kind of gone on between 
especially for Morden, even though he's not a character that you can have play on your team, but seeing how that kind of finishes out um, mm-hmm. really kept me interested and in, in, involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm assuming since you guys were all Paragon, you guys all cured the Genophagia? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, have any of you guys, just out of curiosity, seen what happens if uh, you, t- you try to convince Morden not to do it and Rex is still alive? No, what happens? I'm curious. It's now. it's one of the most like brutal and like heartbreaking seeds ever. Like I don't think I could do it. Like you tell Morden not to go up there. He's like, hmm, why wouldn't you want me to go up there? But you know, talks for like twenty, <laughs> super fast for like ten seconds. He's like, oh, I bet it was STG sabotage or whatever. Mm-hmm. He goes to get an elevator, and Shepard's like, if you try to go in there, I'm gonna shoot you. And then Shepard pulls out a gun. Morden continues to walk, and they argue for a little bit. And then the renegade interrupt pops up, and you shoot Morden. He falls into the elevator. It goes up, and he tries to crawl his way to the console before, like, right when he gets there, it explodes. I was like, oh, no. He's so bad. Wow. Oh, man. So you don't you, – does that end up killing off the uh, Krogan? Uh, well, the genophage just isn't cured. And then, um, let's see. If Rex is alive, he'll figure it out, and then he'll event- – Eventually, when you're on the Citadel at some point, when you try to go back to the Normandy, you'll run into him. Sort of like uh, when you get Ash slash Caden back, you know, you go to go to the Normandy and then it goes cuts to you talking to them. Um, So it'll be like that. And then Rex comes to confront you and then he gets taken out in a pretty brutal way as well. Um, But if it's his like brother or whatever, he'll never figure it out. So. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. It was pretty crazy. I just I don't think I could hand. I couldn't play the game uh, the other way. That would it, yeah. that would make me too sad all the time. It'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, because Rex is like one of the best characters. I mean, I remember when when he died the very first time I played Mass Effect One, he died. Mm-hmm. And I was I was still trying to figure out the game. And, you know, it was pretty early on. And I went to try to do something. I don't remember what the deal was, but I, I, I messed up or I did something wrong, and it, it didn't allow me to save him. Mm-hmm. My my intention was so I actually ended up going back and and redoing it because I'm like I want to bring him through, um, and uh, you know so it was great to be able to keep him around the entire game. So I would I would have freaking died if he would have <laughs> if he would have been taken out. You know, it's like mm-hmm. no, he's my first choice of saving somebody oh <laughs> uh, yeah but um, so do you guys the in seven missions that are out there what do you guys think about all those kind of um not the there are the in seven missions and there are side missions that you had to do too and i i actually enjoyed a lot of the side missions i thought they were pretty straightforward but the in seven ones that are kind of a kind of like cord cord mode in the campaign how did you guys like those uh, I mean, it was, it was all right. Uh, you know, they're just basically the multiplayer map and then you go, usually go up to a terminal or something and then have to hold out for some amount of time. And then Cortez comes to pick you up, which is pretty much how every mission, every one of those plays out. So, yeah. um, I mean, you know, it wasn't, I didn't hate them, but it wasn't something, you know, a new one popped up and I'm like, oh yes, I got to do this because I'm sure it's going to be great. So, um, oh. I did them because they were there. Yeah, go ahead. 
uh, as for like the you know more or less fetch quest, uh, some of those were somewhat interesting, just what you're going to collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also several side quests like on the Citadel, which a lot of those were pretty interesting. Uh, like I don't know if you guys played the bringing down the skies, bringing down the sky DLC in Mass Effect One, but there was one that is available if you let the terrorist guy go at the end um you'll run into him again during a certain yeah. mission which was pretty that one, interesting that one batarian right you talked about yeah. yeah yeah i think it was balak or something like that yeah because yeah because i couldn't because i was being paragon then in the first one and i couldn't uh it was him or the uh people on the station and so i saved the people on the station and then yeah i always wondered if he'd show up again I was, it was a neat it was a kind of a neat moment how they tied it up mm-hmm did you kill him or did you uh, did you save him? Uh, I convinced him to like help me out or something. I figured it'd probably okay. be for the best because at the time I assumed that would matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I let him suffer. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the um, the Batarian who was um, like injured or whatever? Yeah, he was. Well, he was sick. I thought that was Balak. Yeah. I was laying in the bed there. No, uh, no, no. You had to choose. Yeah, there's that guy, and then there, that I don't know who that guy is. I think he's just some random new guy. But the Balak oh. mission is, it's sometime after Cerberus attacks the Citadel, and then you find some officer, CSEC officer, who's like, "Hey, uh, can you help me out with this?" And then you got to go to the Spectre terminal and find out where some terminals or whatever are because you have to shut down all these like access codes from back when the batarians had an embassy or something oh yeah that, so, I didn't that one. okay yeah you get to the last one and then balak shows up behind you and you can either like kill him or charm slash intimidate him and uh helping you you get a batarian you get a batarian boar asset then from that yeah. idea but yeah yeah um yeah did anyone else not really like how Ashley slash Caden? Wait, did everyone leave Caden to die? So no one really knows about him. I I, I saved Caden and I killed Ashley. Oh okay. Um, well, I would assume. Monster. <laughs> well, you have to remember in one, Ashley and Liara were fighting for my affections, and I didn't want anybody getting in the way of Liara. So I said, Ashley, time to go, baby. <laughs> um. Well, I would assume Caden plays out about the same way, where he gets injured on the first mission, and then you don't get him back till like, halfway through the game. Yeah? Yes. He was pretty whiny the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't really too big a fan of that. Like, the whole them getting injured in the first mission was kind of a surprise, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I didn't really like that I didn't have, you know, one of the squad mates I obviously liked from the first game, if I had romanced her. Uh, yeah. Until, like, halfway through the game. And even then, you only have, like, one or two dialogues with them on the ship uh they still have all their like you know comments on the mission like whoa that was cool and we killed all those geth or whatever but i think other than the romance scene the only dialogue you have with them on the ship is uh when ash was drunk oh that was funny dude that was awesome that was was a pretty funny one (laughs) oh man you're on the floor ashley (laughs) she didn't even know (laughs) 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 oh man that was like one of the best scenes in the game (laughs) well 
It was the second best <laughs> your squad mate being drunk scene. However, since you let a certain someone jump off a cliff to their death, you didn't get to see the other one. Where Yeah, Tally, uh, yeah. After your mission on Horizon, you go down to the lounge and Tally's sitting in there drinking something and you're like, Tally, are you drunk? She's like, No. And, and uh she proceeds to tell you about her emergency induction port, which is a song. <laughs> yeah. Her what she's she's drinking through something and you're like isn't that not safe like couldn't you get an infection she goes no see it's going in through my emergency induction port oh <laughs> like tally that's a straw she's like, it's an emergency induction port <laughs> that was a funny scene i like that oh man no caden never did anything interesting like that he was always either sitting in the crew quarters or he was whining looking out the window or uh, he was whining in the crew quarters. It was always, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I should be here or if I should be back in Earth. I don't know what to do. Or oh, I'm from Vancouver. I don't know. So <laughs> oh, that sounds like the Caden I always knew and loved. So and you're, you were I thinking I should have saved time. Ashley. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, um, uh, what did you guys think of all the disc swapping? Uh, well, it was definitely more prevalent than Mass Effect 2, where you only had to swap, like, twice. Um, I didn't really mind it too much, and I certainly wouldn't have had I not got the Collector's Edition, where it's, like, it's impossible to get the disc out. I don't know if either of you two have it, but you need to be, like, a surgeon to try to get it out, because it's a 10 case, so it doesn't move, and the discs are, like, stacked on top of each other. So, I I don't know. You can probably find a video online of someone trying to get it out if if you need to see what I'm talking about. But it's, I opened up the game and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to break disc one on day one. So I was so worried trying to get it out. And then, you know, uh, one of the first missions I did is the Grissom Academy, Academy mission. And it's like put in disc two. And I was like, oh, God, this is not going to end well. But I have yet to break a disc. So I got that going for me. Yeah, it seemed like once I got about halfway through the game, it stopped doing the disc swaps. But mm-hmm. like the first half of the game, it was like every other mission I was having to swap discs. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It was, eh. it was getting it didn't bother me as much. Maybe they're just trying to give you know people exercise. So they're not sitting still for 30 hours. Get up, move around. <laughs> um, did any of you guys use the Connect controls? I did. How about you? grenades i like saying just grenades and i throw a grenade <laughs> no i didn't do it yeah i only use i use them very seldomly uh and most of the time when i did it was <laughs> uh ironically using them just because i was talking to one of my buddies and i figured it'd be really annoying if i continued to shout out you know sticky <laughs> grenade sticky grenade sticky grenade until he actually threw it um though it did have one useful feature which was the quick save which i thought was a cool addition but yeah, eventually I had to unplug it because it would it would start like opening doors for me when I was waiting around or start talking to people. I was like, oh, well, I didn't want to do that quite yet, but thanks anyway. Connect. <laughs> it was it was it, it, it's kind of a cool try at it. Uh, I like the grenade option was nice, so I didn't have to try to because um, I had a number of powers at the time and I didn't want to have to circulate them. And when I needed <laughs> it, it was helpful. Um, yeah. But most of the time, like for like Liara, you know, power, I I, I just stopped because I wanted I was planning out then between everybody who's throwing what, and I would I yeah. wanted to pause it and see what I was doing. Mm-hmm. 
I had it happen one time where I think my wife had said something to me, and I responded to her, and it selected a dialogue option, <laughs> and it was not the one I wanted to select. I was like, no, 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 how do I go back? <laughs> Couldn't do it. <laughs> so, oh, no. Don't say that. Maybe that's why the Quarians died. It's her fault. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's why. Bad connect. Bad connect. All right. Um, Let's what else we got here? I think we need to move on to the uh, all the controversial about the ending because we've spent I don't know a couple of years since what played this since 2007. Mm-hmm. The game came out and there was a lot to live up to, and it seems like the internet is not too happy uh, with the ending. Oh, really? So, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Sounds like you you may have a lot <laughs> that you know about that. So why, why don't you uh, why don't you update us on why the internet's upset? Are you All that right. guy that filed the complaint with the FTC? No, though technically some of what he was trying to file did you know uh, work out, but that was definitely an overreaction overall. <laughs> um, well, basically the internet is upset, though it usually is. But in my opinion, for once, it's with good reason Um, over the ending of Mass Effect 3 because it uh, directly violates uh, everything that Bioware had hyped it up to be as a culmination of all your choices, none of which affect the ending. Uh, Casey Hudson, the executive producer, specifically stated it won't be like a typical game ending. This is paraphrasing, by the way, uh, where you have like ABC which is exactly what you have. Uh, And, you know, you won't really even be able to tell how many endings there are or something to that effect. Um, So basically, the end of the game, I don't know what your guys' thoughts were, but up until you get to the stupid space elevator and meet the godchild, I thought (laughs) it was all right. Um, You know, I really liked uh, your last moments there with Anderson and your final goodbye to your squad, like, before you guys all left. Um, But, you know, after after that elevator quickly, quickly moves downhill. Um, So, basically, Commander Shepard passes out, gets on some magic space elevator, talks to some (laughs) god kid can't really choose any dialogue options and it gives you three options which make no sense all of which have to involve some sort of space magic and then no matter what you choose all the mass relays are destroyed your squad is magically all teleported back to the normandy which is traveling in a relay somewhere far away from earth despite the fact that it would be impossible to have reached there during that time and they probably would not have left the final battle but regardless um Let's see. What else? Yeah, that's that's about it. So what did you choose to do? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I chose red because red is my favorite color. <laughs> I'm not a fan of green or blue. And, and what, what, what <laughs> was that choice? Uh, red is destroy, green is synthesis, and blue is control, which all of the cutscenes are... Practically identical. Yeah, they are. Not. So, Kotaku was saying there's about 16 different ones with a slight adjustment to all of them, and they kind of narrowed it down to about six that were the main, main ones that you can do. But with 
um, a little bit more change to them, but not still, there's not that much. Um, yeah. Uh, there's some you lived. Did, then you lived, right? No, see, I didn't live because not only did I believe Casey Casey Hudson that you know choices would have an effect and it wouldn't be an ABC ending. I also believed him when he said you don't need to play multiplayer for the best ending. So I assumed uh, I had done every side quest and you know. Uh, got the Geth and Quarians working together, cured the Genophage, all that. I assumed, you know what, that's, that's probably good enough. You know, I don't need to play multiplayer for this. Well, see, you play multiplayer, it increases your readiness rating, which determines how many of your war assets actually go to the final battle. And if you don't play multiplayer, I think there is potentially one set of sp- very specific choices that can get you there, but... Uh, get you the maximum forces, but I did not know of this. So, it's if you play multiplayer, hard. it's a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. So, what about what about you, Mud? What choice did you make? Did well, you I live? made. Well, um, I have to say that I really enjoyed it. I think it's. Um, I, I didn't really. I mean, not really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it all the way up to like where you said the Godchild occurred. Um, I do think it's funny that uh, the internet's also kind of. Um, they're talking about Marauder Shields. I have, I, I laugh. I don't know. I if love Marauder Shields. I don't. Never forget. Never forget Marauder Shields. Hold the line. Have you? I'll pull the line. <laughs> no. Hey, so I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, they're talking about the last boss fight, and that's the Marauder that shows up all of a sudden. Um, to uh, stop you and shoot you, and you have to shoot the Marauder. Uh, and it says Marauder Shields, and there's this whole there's a comic series now that they've written about this Marauder. <laughs> he's trying to protect Shepard from a bad ending, and that's why he's there in the first place. And uh, and he's trying to kill him. It's very funny. If you haven't looked at it or looked him up, um, I thought that I got a kick out of that the last couple of days. I've been reading that. Um, but I got up and I and I talked to the Godchild and I and I I did the destroy option because I, I I believe that I didn't want to force the I chose I didn't want to force the people to synthesize I didn't think that was what Shepard at least my Shepard wanted and I didn't want to control the Reapers because I've been fighting against the Reapers the entire time and I only thought that the most the, the, the most appropriate action would be to, to destroy them and then give everybody a chance to you know build up or survive again on their own. So that's what I did, um, and I had been playing. I had 100% um, because I'd been playing so much in the multiplayer, and so I, I went into battle. I went my war assets for like 6,800 uh, when I went into it, and so that last after the Normandy escapes and flies away, and uh, it crash lands, and somehow mysteriously, Liara and um, Garrus, because they were ones with me that were in London, somehow they got off of London. And they walk, <laughs> they walk out of the Normandy with a Joker, and, uh, and then right after that, you see the rubble of the Citadel, and, and it scans up, and you see um, Shepard's chest plate and his uh, dog tags, and then he takes a breath, and then it cuts to the the credits. So I, um, it did happen, and it was, it, but it, it's like they just left. They're saying this is the last story of Shepard, and I'm, I'm, you're like you do this. And I would have thought they would have wanted to end it in such a fashion that it leaves you open for DLC to expand upon or do more stuff. 
you see this, and if you kill your shepherd or you, you do something, I can't see how that's going to... It doesn't make me really interested to play more DLC about something that that's ended in such a fin, fin, fin final way or um, do something. I'm very interested to see what they, they think they're going to come out with um, that'll, that'll pump people into it, but... Um, I don't know. It's going to be difficult. I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, it was all right. I, I agree um, with Gabbers that you know it, it, it's not what they kind of talked about. I think the biggest problem with me is just the and, and I've heard this too is that you don't know what happened to all those people. Um, who who was affected? And I think when you have something that's this that's gone over three games and over an, uh, quite a few number of years and you've invested your time, you want to know what. What happened? What did you? What did what your choice do to affect this this galaxy? The, the and everybody and everybody that is in it. Um, and I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and for them to just kind of go, oh well, you know, uh, they climb out of a shuttle that's crashed on some sort of jungle planet. That's that's very lacking. Uh, and it sounds like they're kind of they understand that, but we'll see what they're going to come out with. How about you, we man? Well, I found the whole thing to be rather confusing, and you guys talked about three options, and I'd, I thought there was only two. I don't know what I missed or where this third option was, but I saw a red and a blue. Now, there, when I was walking away from the Godchild, it's like there was this path going straight ahead that you could walk into the beam, and I was wondering, but yet I saw the bridge open to the left and the right with the red and the blue. So I never saw like a green and I, I actually did walk forward. I'm like, can I go down and straight ahead? What if I go straight ahead? And I started to walk that way, but it was a long way and I didn't, and the guy's walking was super slow for some reason. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to walk all the way down there just to have it hit a dead end. And so I just went over to the blue side, which my understanding is, is that that was to control the reapers so that Shepard could send them away knowing that Shepard would die. So, um, <laughs> I went over there, stuck my hands on these little electrical balls. It reminded me of those things you buy at Spencer's that you put your hands on <laughs> and the little electricity shoots out at you, you know, um, and that kills you. And, of course, you see all the Reapers being destroyed and, you know, or, or not destroyed, but they're um, completely, like, powered down and everything. And, um, and and everybody's, like, cheering. And you see I had Joker crash on the jungle planet with Ashley. Um, and I, I couldn't figure that out either. I'm like, how did they get there? Why did, because she was on the planet with me. Um, because she, she gave me a nice little smooch on my little walking off to the <laughs> Godchild. So all of a sudden she's with Joker. Um, and, and I don't understand. And I think I, I expected my guy to die. So I didn't have a problem with Shepard dying, but like after I did that, it was a stupid, like, the whole godchild thing that way i agree it was dumb it's like you're fighting all of a sudden he collapses so like shepherd's like dead and he falls oh all of a sudden where he fell just happens to be this elevator in the floor i was like well that was convenient wasn't it you know so it was you couldn't control it it's just it happened and then you go through that whole thing which seems like well no matter what you can't control anything you know you have no power here um you know we're gonna this is the way it is and and i i did think that was kind of stupid but I, I figured I'd have to die to save everybody, which I did. But I, I at least I think I did because I really don't know because I, I don't know what happened to everybody. And, and it's like I would have liked to have seen maybe while the credits are rolling, 
you know, on half the screen, the other half be kind of like, you know, a ceremony of like, you know, they're at the Citadel and maybe the council recognizes that, you know, well, I don't even know if the Citadel was even the Citadel anymore because it turned out to be the, you know, the catalyst. So, I, you know, I don't know what happened with the Citadel. I don't know what happened with all my people and all these races. Did they go back? Are they living in peace or, or are they are they rebuilding? What happened? What's where's this jungle planet? Did they did they erect a statue in my honor? You know, I, I think that there should have been, you know, even at the end of Star Wars, they had the award ceremony. There, there should have been something like that to kind of wrap up what everybody else is doing or, or you know, seeing them just like, you know, remembering Shepard or something. And, and you, you get the sense that they're rebuilding. You know, I'm not even sure in my story if the Reapers are coming. I believe that they're coming back in 50,000 years. I believe that's the way it ended. They're not completely gone. Because the way I understood what the Godchild told me was, you can stop the cycle where the elusive man tried to, but he wasn't able to do it. But that that Shepard would, that he could he could overcome what the elusive man couldn't do. But it, you're only going to delay it for fifty thousand years. So it was like I could synthesize them and end it completely and make the humans and everybody mix with the Geth, so to speak, or let everybody go back the way they are. But they got fifty thousand years to try to figure it out before the reapers come back so it really kind of left you going i think this is what ended or this is how it went but i'm not really sure and then there was the kid at the end which obviously i completely missed that i thought it was the kid <laughs> i thought it was the same kid <laughs> so i don't know so that i thought that was kind of a letdown but i wasn't necessarily disappointed because i was expecting to die so well, yeah, when Liara brings out the, the time capsule in the, in towards the middle or the beginning, um, middle of the beginning, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. We're talking about what I'm leaving behind. And I already had, I had, even before they were talking about ending and stuff, I had feeling that, oh, this is going to, this is heading in a direction it's supposed to be. They want to move it in, in such a way that, that it's some epic. And I'm thinking that, you know, there there's this epic moment that will occur. And in, I guess it kind of fell flat in a way um, because you had that godchild show up in it. It becomes um, is someone very... breaking up wood or what? Oh, sorry, I dropped something. My bad. <laughs> He's angry. He's breaking up his Normandy <laughs> model right it. now. <laughs> if I had one. He's trying to get those broken. discs out of that metal case. That's what it is. <laughs> oh. Trust me, it sounded a lot worse than that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mud. <laughs> no, no. It, 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 I think the Godchild kind of just threw it. It it threw off the ending of what you were hoping for because I think. We're all hoping for that, that die hard, that, um, that, that, because it's kind of been, an, it's been an action adventure. You want to see him, um, you know, succeed or defeat the Reapers. You know, you may, it may cost you your life. And I, I think a lot of people would be all right with that, uh, as, as telling of the story, but it seemed that that opportunity wasn't there. And it was, it was, it kind of squandered with this kind of, Deus Ex Machia, this 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 god and the machine coming down and saying, oh, you know, well, well this is what you got, um, and it really kind of just took it off in a, a weird turn, um, and the fact that they never cleared any fight, anything like that, just like you were saying, they they didn't say what happened, and that's what we want to see in an ending. How does it end? And it's like it didn't. It's, you had a choice, you played the game, uh, and and you got to see nothing else. Yeah. 
Um, well, one thing, uh, just the other day, I think it might have been Wednesday or something, Dr. Mizeka or whatever, the co-founder of BioWare, issued a statement saying, like, yeah, well, apparently people don't like this ending. I don't know why. It was so great. Um, and uh, they're saying they will make an announcement sometime in April about how they're going to clarify it, which most people took as we're making a new ending. But, you know, it's if you not. actually read it, it, that's not what it says. So. Yeah. One can hope, but, you know, then again, according to Casey Hudson, the ending was already victorious and uplifting. So, you know. Yeah, I think it's bad. <laughs> I think Casey was smoking something that day. Yeah. Well, uh, there was some – I saw something from supposedly some writer of the game, which may or may not be true, that uh, Casey Hudson and – essentially wrote the ending of the game and it wasn't like peer reviewed or anything. Um, but you know, take that as it is might may or may not be true. Um, if you're looking for anything too, you can check out YouTube and there's a fun one where some people did animal house ending for <laughs> Mass Effect three. And it's, it goes to, it does the whole shout song and it goes to each of the characters of what happened to them after um, the Citadel uh, blew up and stuff. I mean, it, it, it's humorous, <laughs> and it, it gives you that closure if you're looking for that closure. Um, uh, you might have to send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, I need closure. <laughs> I need closure. <laughs> uh, there was. It's certainly gone down quite a bit more now, now that more stuff has come out about the uh, Bioware's, you know, intentions about the ending, but there was, it used to be a lot more popular still, you know, some people that believe it, but there's a theory that the whole ending was more or less a dream and that, uh, Shepard was being indoctrinated. Um, which though some of the quote unquote evidence does seem like, uh, you know, it makes sense. Uh, the, that is the actual ending you know, there's more stuff going against it now than there is going for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but assume, assuming that Bioware will screw me over again, which it probably will, with the uh, new quote-unquote ending thing in that they're announcing in April, <laughs> may as well just assume that's, you know, may as well just go with that in my head, saying, yeah, that's definitely what happened instead of uh, what I got. Um. Okay, so here's a question. What if they mm-hmm. pull some dream sequence thing or they come out and, and say they're say this is the ending, everybody's mad, so they're going to redo a new one, and they're going to come up with some BS story of like, oh, it was a dream sequence. Here's the real ending. It'll cost you 10 bucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, I'm sure I would probably still buy it. I mean, not only would I actually just want to see, you know, the actual end of the game but in mass effect 2 i bought all the dlc i even bought all the uh whatchamacallit like armor packs despite the fact that i pretty much only wore the default armor so i don't think i ever even wore any of the armor from those packs that i bought so shows you how non-discretionary i am with my mass effect related spending so how much how much have you spent on multiplayer so far uh if you don't mind me asking i haven't spent that much actually because i spent some originally and then i realized i was supporting the same people that you know made me depressed for like a week after beating their game so i was like yeah maybe i shouldn't be doing this so 
Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of the uh, media reaction to it. You know, well, the games media. Those. Um, you know, some people are, you know, pro. Yeah, that ending was dumb. But then there's some people, which everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You know, whether or not you like the ending or not, that's fine. But uh, Colin Moriarty has specifically now made me not ever want to go to IGN again because of uh, just all his comments and, well, there's certain words I could use to describe him. But since this is a family-friendly show, I will just say he is not a nice man. <laughs> Why? What did he say about the, the Mass Effect? Uh, well, basically saying anybody who didn't like the ending and, you know, wanted a real ending as opposed to, you know, what we got is a whiny, entitled, you know, uh, yeah, kid. I think I did read that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but there was also uh, just a little semi-plug here for the Forbes gaming section. They mm -hmm. started out with the same opinion that, you know, Colin had where, oh, you guys are just, you know, whiny entitled. And then they actually did research like a real journalist would do. And then they have since changed their tone. So. They actually have some pretty insightful articles about it, if anybody wants to check those out. I have to admit, I've been watching the internet. I've been, anytime something new pops up on the Mass Victory, I've been reading it just to see what people are saying and what's going on. And it's been, it's been interesting how much people have cried. And I think everybody's entitled to their opinion. I mean, I've seen plenty of um, movies or read books that I, I, just like the, um, the ending. I mean, go back to the, this last Mass Effect book. Um, and even though people cried about, you know, there was, there's 13 pages worth of inaccuracies about the book. I read it and wanted to check it out. And yeah, I didn't like it either. And it wasn't very good. And I probably shouldn't have bought it, but, um, I wanted to see it as much as the ending is, is kind of out there and, you know, it, it, whatever they chose to do, however they did, I enjoyed what I went through to get there. And, um, I would recommend it to anybody to, uh, to play it and, um, and, and, and see it for themselves because I think it, it is still relatively it is well done not relatively but it is well done um, and I enjoyed it I enjoyed all the way th all the way there and yeah I may not be completely happy with the ending but um, it was a, it was a well, well done ride I think the fact that a game can spark this much emotion from people over the ending I think really does say a lot about it because you know how many how many games do we really ever discuss or care about how how a franchise ended? Yeah, I mean I can't think of another game that's had this much discussion over the ending. Even, There's been a lot, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, Gears Three is like the only one I can really think of that. I mean, it was all positive, but where people were really invested in in the ending of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so good or bad, I think that still says a lot about Bioware and the game that they've, the, this franchise that they've created. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed, you know, 99% of the game, and it was, 
it was certainly on its way to becoming one of, if not my favorite game. And then, you know, last five minutes, I was like, oh, God, why? <laughs> why did I spend, you know, hundreds of hours playing these games for it to end like this? But, oh, well, hey, the journey was good enough, I guess. <laughs> All right. So is there anything else on the the on Mass Effect 3 campaign or the ending or anything else you guys want to want to talk about? Uh, Mud, you got anything? No, I don't. I, I think we, I mean, we covered a lot of the, I mean, there's lots to find and see. We didn't cover everything by any means um, for people to still find and explore. And, um, and it's been fun talking about it with you guys. I do appreciate it. Um, but I don't have anything else. Okay. Um, so let's get into something new. Um, I've added two things here real quick. And we don't have to spend a lot of time. I know it's late for, for you guys. Um, what do we, this is the first uh, Mass Effect to incorporate multiplayer. And even though I myself did not really see how the multiplayer impacted the campaign, but what do you guys think of the multiplayer overall? Was, was, it, was it worth it? Do you think they should have left it out? Um, or was it, you know, what do you think? Um, well, my initial reaction would be leave it out and then write a real ending for me. But, um, (laughs) uh, I mean, it was all right. You know, it wasn't, it's not like Battlefield or something where I, you know, feel like, oh man, this is so much fun. I need to come back and play this over and over again. Um, you know, if some of my buddies are online, they want to play, I'll go play. But, um, I mean, it's, you know, to me... I never really saw Mass Effect as a franchise that needed multiplayer. Now, you know, so I mean, like I said, it's it's all right. Um, You know, it's kind of fun from time to time, but it's not something I would uh, I would play over and over again. I also did not really like how it ties into the campaign like it does. Um, I mean. I guess it would have to have some sort of interaction so they give people a reason to play it. And, uh, but, you know, I would have preferred if I could have just played my campaign and then not had to deal with any multiplayer stuff affecting it. But that's just me. What do you guys think? Bud? Um, I don't play much of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, um, for me, what really got me going was uh, I really enjoyed playing as the other races, playing as a Krogan or a Solarian or um, and unlocking those. And there's, um, I like it how it interacts. I like um, games that have a multiplayer that can interact with the camp uh, with the campaign. And I don't there's I thought there was another one before that did something some that's similar. They had some sort of multiplayer that impacted the campaign in some way. And I think it was minor, but I don't remember exactly what it was. But um, I think that kind of interaction makes multiplayer a little bit more worthwhile. I know it's not it's not hugely in-depth. There's uh, You got six maps. You got three different types of enemies, uh, and it can get repetitive. Um, I think part of it is finding, you know, upgrading my guy to level 20 as Solarian and then and, and, and promoting him uh, and having those assets move over to the, um, the campaign I thought was cool. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the powers and working together. And they're, they can be difficult or as easy as you want to make it to, which is, is kind of nice to be able to ramp up the, 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 the difficulty on it. Um, I've had some very tense um, 
combat movements with uh, people, with wingman, with other people. And um, uh, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and I think part of it is just enjoying that, what they've built, uh, the, the background and the environment. And I hope that they will continue to support it, uh, put out some additional maps and some other bad guys or new races that you can do. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do because I think eventually I'll get bored with it. Um, but right now it's been it's been a lot of fun and I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I think myself this was a big surprise because I remember before the game ever came out we talked about it. I'm like, you know, what, why are we got multiplayer? This is not a multiplayer game. How, you know, and then why are you going to make it impact my campaign? That's stupid. I think you know, but. The, the multiplayer has turned out to be surprisingly a lot of fun. And I like that it is really hard. And I'm looking forward to We've tried some silvers. I think the highest I've been able to get is to wave 10, which if you can get past that, then all you have to do is survive two minutes on wave 11 and you and you complete it. I've yet to complete a silver. Um, and a gold is a joke. It's like, yeah, you're. I think we got to maybe wave two once on a gold. Um, so it's hard... But I like that, you know, it's going to take a lot of investment in the multiplayer, get your guys ranked up. And then if you can go in with four guys all on wave, you know, level 20 with all your powers maxed out. And then you've got the additional uh, um, Cobra missiles and Medi gels and stuff like that. You know, you might survive. Um, so I, I think it makes it a nice challenge. And I like that. I don't want it to just be a breeze. So we're still even after all the hours were put in it, we're still kind of doing the bronze because the silver is that hard. Um, but I think once we all got enough time and get everything leveled up, we'll be able to move up and still continue to enjoy the game. And, you know, fighting three atlases at once is, is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Two phantoms or three phantoms and three banshees, man. Banshees. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So it's crazy. I, 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 same thing. I think they need to get some DLC out for it fairly quickly because it, the the six maps are gonna and the same enemies are gonna get old pretty quick. Um, so hopefully they'll give us some good DLC for the multiplayer. Um, but I thought it was a success overall. Glad, glad to see it. Still enjoying it even on bronze. Yeah. <laughs> and. Last thing before we go, we'll wrap this up after this, but I just wanted to see uh, Mass Effect 1's gameplay was a lot more RPG, you know, lighter on the action, uh, but it was still there. Mass Effect 2 was definitely more action-oriented with a toned-down RPG. Um, Scanning of planets and stuff like that was there. And now Mass Effect 3 really took all that out, and um, their scanning of planets this time was brilliant (laughs) i loved it (laughs) it was a lot easier um but what did you guys think because i think you guys tend to like the rpgs a lot more than me so for me this game was right up my alley but did you guys miss having more rpg elements um well i did enjoy the uh exploration aspects in mass effect one i'm one of the few people that actually liked uh, driving around, driving, you know, 90-degree angles in the Mako. Um, uh, which, you know, it wasn't in Mass Effect 2, but it didn't really hurt it too much, in my opinion, because you still had uh, all the side quests. Now, scanning for minerals was, you know, a pain, to say it nicely. 
Um, so I'm definitely glad I didn't have to do that anymore. Uh, and then, you know, now they have the whole pulse scan where you scan, you know, half the system or whatever at once, which was, it was all right. I didn't really like though that, you know, the side missions other than the ones on the Citadel and your fetch quest missions more or less were, uh, only the N7 missions to where you couldn't, you know, find one on a random planet. You know what I mean? Like in Mass Effect 2, you'd be going around, you'd go to some planet, be like anomaly detected, and then you could potentially, well, you would land on that planet and, you know, go fight some mercenaries or something. And a lot of those ended up being fairly interesting. Um, So I did kind of miss that. As for just the actual gameplay and combat, uh, Mass Effect 3 is definitely my favorite of the series. Um, Though I do kind of miss my infinite ammo from Mass Effect 1. Uh, but you know, for gameplay purposes, I suppose it's, you know, it makes more sense. If you have limited ammo, it makes the game more difficult. Um, but you know, just the actual combat and stuff in Mass Effect 3 is probably the best it's ever been. Um, so yeah. What do you think, Mud? I think for, you know, the, the settings, um, were a little bit different that, um, the Mass Effect one, you were more kind of exploring and you just started to find out about the Reapers and stuff. And I think the RPG elements kind of fit it more. And as you further got along, it became more of this, this bad before you're, you're doing on a special mission for, for two. And you have more of that, um, collecting and, 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 and building for it. But when you get to three, it's, it's a battle. This is all a battle. I think the, the elements were appropriate for that and how they were used and, I think the only thing is that I don't understand adding the Reapers or the, they should have been different because I just ran around all the systems and scanned for everything because there were war assets there that if you didn't scan for them, they weren't in the mission, but you could pick up additional war assets that way. And so I'd run around, find a planet, and if the Reapers catch you, yeah, it's end game, but you start right up back off at the same solar system and you can go right back to where you had seen something. If you didn't scan it then, you can scan it again without getting caught. And then pick it up. Um, so it seemed very. I'm, I, I like the idea of gathering more assets, but it, I thought it was very clumsily um, how they added it, and without really, they wanted a repercussion, but it wasn't really much of a repercussion um, if you overused it. Um, but I liked it. I thought the combat went very was very smooth and um, uh, and fun to play and easy to use, and uh, I like saying great and uh, my grenade would go and I sounded like a fool fool in the basement sometimes but uh it was fun I enjoyed it a lot I think it's improved and especially for what they're trying to, for what they're kind of capturing and, and trying to do I thought it was uh, very appropriate you wingman um yeah I I liked it uh, I thought this was the best um it really gave I think there was you just didn't have to worry about all the uh, micromanagement. You could just get in and play. And I, I hated the times on the Citadel because it's like I just wanted to do the missions. I just wanted to get to the fighting. And, and that's what I just loved when, when you were actually fighting. So there was a lot of that, not as much hunting and gathering. And I still did as, as many side missions as I could find. It seems like there wasn't as many this time. Um, it's, yeah. So I don't, and I guess which is good because the galaxy's about to implode. You know, you shouldn't be out mining mining for rocks. 
you know, and, and doing all these little fetch quests and stuff because you got more important things to do. So, and some of the times I was thinking, why is Shepard being sent to do this when he's supposed to be fighting the Reapers? But there wasn't a lot of that, and uh, I thought the game, not having to upgrade my weapons and do all that stuff, it's just, you find it and it's good, you know. Um, I know there was some, like, you could go into the medical office here and or not medical office, but Liara's office. Sorry, that was Miranda's office. It's not Liara's. Get out of there. Um, <laughs> so uh, if that bed could talk. Um, the <laughs> There was the um, the machine there on the left that you could do, like, some upgrades. And I, I kind of thought that was kind of stupid because it's like it, it was so little used, you know, almost seemed kind of pointless. I think I went to it maybe four times when there was actually something to get an upgrade for. But... Um, and I'm not sure exactly how it really benefited anything, but I liked it. It was more more um, action oriented and focused on the combat, and that's that's what I prefer. So I think it was great. So um, good deal. So other than that, I guess the only thing left to ask is, what would you guys like to see? Would you like to see more more Mass Effect universe games in the future? Maybe. You know, completely different character, different storyline, all that. But would you guys want to see that? Or I know that I would. Uh, I would like to see more um, of the alien races and stuff and um, things that are happening with them. I would, I would enjoy playing as a program through a uh, campaign. I think would be a lot of fun of being a wreck stop um, and charging through into the baddies or whoever they might be, um, smacking them around or whatnot. Um, I would enjoy it a lot, or a Solarian operative, or even the Star. I think there's a lot of potential there. I've heard a rumor about a potential MMO eventually after they felt they were comfortable with Night with Republic. Um, but that would be um, I would I would look forward to something like that. What if the uh, What if the game was the Krogans going after the Solarians for the Genophage? <laughs> I'd do it, man. That would be fun. I would enjoy that. And if you ran across Morden in the, <laughs> you, you just think of, think of a romance scene for that though, because then I'd have all these little <laughs> eggs and stuff like that. Oh, Eve, you got a thousand eggs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a long, uh, a long scene. <laughs> you get more of your romance scene. It would be more of a mini game because you'd have to, you'd have to, you have to get all the eggs. In, <laughs> in oh man, I only got three hundred and sixty this time. <laughs> What do you uh, what about you there? Uh well, as I'm sure most of you have been able to figure out, I was not pleased with the ending. So, uh if that ever gets fixed, which, you know, hopefully it will, or at least clarified a little more, you know, something, then I would consider buying anything from BioWare. Um but if not, then no. Okay. So, all right. And me, I would like to see more. I think it would be fun to see more in this universe. But for right now, I'm just happy. Give me some DLC for the multiplayer. And um, and do you guys know if now when the game ends, you end up back in, you're sitting back on the Normandy as Shepard, even though you're dead. I like that. I thought that was interesting. Um and it takes you back before you started the final mission. So I guess you can I can actually continue on um, and, and play it again or go back and do some sites. So if they're going to come out with campaign DLC, it's obviously going to be like after the fact of 
there's gonna be side missions you can do before you go fight the reapers um would you guys even be interested in that now at this point because isn't the story over i mean doesn't it kind of negate the whole purpose of future dlc on the campaign i know it's gonna uh, be hard for me at least it'll be it'll be difficult because i'll be like okay i played this unless he's got some sort of input to how the ending occurs and that's how they're kind of selling it um that you have to do the side mission stuff that kind of explains a little bit more of what happens. I don't know. I, I'm going to be, I will probably buy it just because it's there and I want to see what's going on, but I don't know how much, I'll have to see what happens, you know, see how they do. Um, well, you know, just because the game has wrapped up uh, doesn't mean the DLC can't be any good because, like, Layer of the Shadow Burger came out long after the fact and that's one of the best dlcs ever in my opinion yeah um and people were saying there might be a dlc sort of like that except with um aria uh where you go to take back omega because that's you know it's heavily True. hinted at in the game and then you know nothing ever comes of it well, there's um, a comic book series that talks about how omega is taken over uh, yeah aria yeah um and then she's like oh well i'm gonna go take it back and then you know, she sits on the couch for the rest of the game. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's watching the shepherd dance, but. Mm-hmm. Or if you uh, drink too much, you wake up on her couch and she's staring at you. <laughs> really? Um, I didn't know that happened. That's cool. Mm-hmm. If you order three drinks in a row or something from the bar up there, you wake up on her couch. Oh, nice. Um, last question I have for you guys is, do you know if now that I've completed the campaign, if I start a new one and I want to do insane, do I continue with the same shepherd with all the powers and the levels up that I'm at, or does it start you over? No, you can you'll continue from where you're at. You just um, you go new game and then like import Mass Effect three character and you pick you know I don't know uh, Mark Shepard or whoever whatever you named him, and then. Uh, you import that and then you just have to change the difficulty to insanity by before you leave earth and then you'll be fine. Cause, um, I think the difficulty will be set initially to whatever you previously had it at. So, uh, you just have to make sure you go into your settings and change it. If you want to go for that achievement. Okay. Cool. So. Well, that's all I got. I don't know if you guys got anything further. Nope. Uh, no, I think we about summed it up. You know, hold the line, all that. <laughs> I need to go play some multiplayer now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to see Commander Shepard playing multiplayer tonight, but Mud, I'll be joining you. And right. um, uh, thank you guys for joining me tonight for the spoiler cast. And. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys online, and uh, maybe we'll talk again uh, when some DLC comes out, and we get uh, maybe we'll have you on for another after show after we get the uh, answer in April from Bioware and what they're going to do about the ending. So that'd be good. Well, we'll see. All right, we shall see. Thanks. Thanks. Man, you well, gotta say your thing. You gotta say your thing. You gotta go wave complete. Oh, wave <laughs> complete. <laughs> <laughs> and in honor of my namesake, I should go. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you don't get that, well, maybe that's why you like the ending. <laughs>
Hey, you're not even here. You're dead already. <laughs> well, that's true. Oh, well. You're here by the power of the godchild. <laughs> yes, the godchild can accomplish all. So, all right. Well, thank you, guys. Um, and you. Uh, I'm Wingman709, taking off. Fantastic, taking off. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander Shepard, signing off. This is his favorite podcast on the Citadel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed.